Welcome to the Nick and Matt Show. Bringing the player interviews you want to hear and the hot topics you want to discuss. Recording live in studio, here's Nick and Matt. Episode 115, and we're going to call this the, I guess it's the Thanksgiving episode. Uh, we don't have a mm-hmm. lot planned for it, but we do have a segment, Thankful for Disc Golf segment, and we'll talk about that. Nick, this episode, as always lately, presented by mm-hmm. our sponsor for episode 115, Cosmic Disc Golf, CosmicDG.com. They just had a front page I think it's the New Jersey newspaper. Like it wasn't like a sports section, like the New Jersey Times, if you will. Like they got a front page on the guy who runs this uh, going, and pretty cool. So check them out. Um, big announcements there, and we're excited to have them. So Nick, what are you in studio with us tonight, dude? You know, it kind of feels like I am. We got an awesome background going on right now. We have. A decent setup going on. It finally looks like I'm not in some bedroom. Are you in a bedroom, Nick? Are you? I'm I'm technically in my guest bedroom at my apartment, but we've made it to where it looks a little bit more legit. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. The the yeah. the wonders of throwing a green sheet up on the wall or something, but hey. Exactly. We're we'll 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 get there. Slowly but surely. If you stuck around mm-hmm. for the Nick and Matt show over the past almost three years, you you'd know by now. Yeah. We we get there eventually. You've seen us in some wild places. I mean, we've been, I feel like, in this show all over the country. Yeah. You know, we've been in Texas before. We've been in Arizona. We've I was running everywhere. around at Masters Worlds, yep. Junior World. Everywhere. So uh, we got Evan here, as always. What's up, Evan? What's going on? Hey, glad to have you. And uh, your setup. I mean, look, at, I mean, the microphone the past few weeks. What a massive upgrade that was for everybody's mm-hmm. ears. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look out. I'm a professional now, so yeah. I am here. Oh, cool. Um, so we got a, a show lined up. Can you believe it? We lined up a show. So tonight we have Nate Sexton um, coming on the show. Now, he's a West Coast guy. We're East Coast. That's three hours difference. And just the way it works out. We know he tours less, largely in part due to family and, you know, mm-hmm. all that. Like, that's how he makes his plans. Not a bad thing. And so the way it lines up, we kind of had to push our show because we weren't about to do the Smashbox special, like the four-hour deal. <laughs> so we pushed ours back for the live recording. He'll be on in approximately, get ready, 55 minutes. <laughs> That's a while, I know. If you're uh, here to check it out, go ahead. I don't care if you fast forward. It's going to be a good interview. Um, mm-hmm. If you're listening post, driving around. Feel free to do that as well, or just sit th- sit in and enjoy the show. We got a lot of fun lineup. In fact, a new game. So don't. Okay, I changed my mind. Don't fast forward. <laughs> we got a game you're gonna want to play, and um, we're gonna be talking about a lot of cool things. So there's that. Um, ben, are you here? Oh yes, I am. Intern Ben, everybody in the show. Tell, describe to the listening audience what your background is tonight. Um, you know, COVID isn't as rampant anymore but it's still important to wash their your hands and uh here we're having a de- demonstration of a guy you know getting between the toenails the fingernails and then and uh singing the happy birthday song we're really getting in there so wash your hands and uh do it de- deliberately wow 
For some reason, the way they're washing their hands with their hand on the back of their hand is a little awkward to me. It's just, I don't know, it just strikes me as awkward. Well, it's the whole, whole no-soap thing yeah. that's been on the whole time. It's literally just water. Like, he's really not doing that good of a job. Would you recommend using soap as well? Oh, is there audio so. for that? It's playing right now, Ben. I got to shut that off if there was. Is it like water pouring the whole time? Oh, no, no, yeah. It, it was showing it was audio muted, levels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't muted. It wasn't? No, it was bouncing. If guys, if you could hear water and washing hands, that was your that was, that was your intern Ben exclusive. I fixed it. Here we go. There we go. Um, Evan, we didn't ask you to do this. Did you do any perusing on things like Gibson taking down his title this last weekend at all? What do you know about that? Oh. No? Nothing? Uh, I I actually didn't know he officially won, but I kind of assumed <laughs> it. But he was down uh on the other side of the hemispheres and uh worlds uh the world uh we had new world now we're on the other side of the world uh and so i'm, I'm guessing he took down uh, a tournament in australia i'll, I I'll read out his social there i'll read out his but, social yeah, you go for it he said at first of all the post says drew gibson is in landsboro queensland and he says i'm proud to say i'm now the current australian national champion starting the season winning in vegas and finishing the season winning in another country is honestly more than i could have ever asked for in 2022 I managed to win three A-tiers. This is the Stat Mando special. <laughs> I managed to win nice. three A-tiers and a Pro Tour event, as well as securing three separate wins in three different countries along the way. 2022 has been a blast, and I can't thank everyone who supports me enough. So there you go. Took it down. And I'm trying to think. Was there any notable competition there? Uh, Stokely was there. That's right. Oh, that's cool. He's already out there. Um, Stokely, Nick Hansen, who's a name uh, out in the world, more kind of locally, I think. Um, he's a Colorado guy, but is a thousand plus rated player. And um, but Stokely was probably the most notable out of players. And then Jen Allen was there for FPO. Um, yeah, she takes it down by seventeen strokes. Yeah, sheesh. Uh, she was the only nine hundred rated player in the yeah. in the women's field. Final uh, round so. was thousand rated though. Incredible. I mean, incredible final round. Speaking of incredible rounds, and tonight's show, guys, is going to be a little more casual. We, we talk about that sometimes being the case. We hope we bring the good topics and not just bore you. But I, two different times in the past couple of weeks, have talked to junior disc golfers. One that shot 1,062 or 66. Um, his name is Miles Sayer. He's from Maine. Mm -hmm. And he took down like the MPO and I forget his age right now. I want to say he's 15, 14, 15, 16. I don't know. 15. I think let's mm -hmm. go with that. 14 or 15 took down MPO against like Maine's best players. Surprisingly. And like shooting a course record, like 14 under par yeah. thousand. Seasons. Like, okay. So the kid can do it. Then today I just scroll my social media and I find Wyatt Mahoney, 13 year old shout out to you. Wyatt, if you're listening, sometimes they do listen to the show mm -hmm. out of Connecticut. I want to say four-time world champion in the junior divisions. He is now an MPO player. He cannot compete in junior anymore at the age of 13. And he just took down, you could probably look it up, Evan, quicker than I could right now, PDGA Wyatt All Mahoney. Right. Um, he just took down, I think he drove down to, I'm going to get it wrong, Delaware, something like that, to, like this past weekend, and he took down the MPO division yeah. at 13 years old. Yeah, in Wilmington, Delaware, um, Took it down by two strokes. The at Bellevue State Park. If anyone knows that course, the 
It's called the Birdie Presents the Turducken. What what, what did he average? What does it look like he averaged for ratings? Like nine eighty something? I think it said nine ninety seven. Uh, yeah, nine eighty and ten fourteen. So that sounds pretty precise. <laughs> yeah. And what's his what's his rating right now? I know it's not it's not crazy right now. Nine seventy. Okay, but let's say thirteen years old. Like literally just turned thirteen years old. Like winning MPO. Like cashing. Like it's my point is. I'm thoroughly surprised and not surprised, thoroughly impressed is the word I'm looking for at like what juniors are capable of doing. And this yeah, is the conversation right. about Gannon Burrs of the world are going to become much more common. Like think about other disc golf, uh, other sports. Uh, I don't want to call them fringe sports, but let's, let's think of like skateboarding, right? Age doesn't matter too much there. You can see some like teenagers, right? Popping off crazy things in skateboard. And I think disc golf is going to be pretty similar. If you have at least somewhat of the body build and you started early, you're going to be able to do what Gannon Burr did. So shout out to them. Juniors are going to start ruling the disc golf scene. I, I'm calling it now. We're going to start seeing regularly everywhere from like 14, 15 to 18, like as a predominant force in the sport in the next five years. So that's my, that's my hot, no, my not hot take, but <laughs> uh, anyways, so shout out to them. Ooh, guys, hey, let, uh, let's go, go ahead, Nick. Well, I was going to say another A tier that happened was the 2022 Lake County Trailblazer driven by Innova uh, down in Eustis, Florida. And one of the guests that we've had on recently won it. His name is Paul Macbeth. <laughs> uh, he went and won it by four strokes getting thirteen hundred dollars which over the year this hasn't gone into his stat yet but that should put him about ninety eight thousand eight hundred so i think he has one more tournament and depending how that goes he might cusp that a hundred thousand dollars in one year i know chris and tatar and ricky have already done that mm. but depending on how much um money he'll get for his next tournament whether he wins it or not he might bump into that or he might get up to like 99,000, which is pretty crazy. Just $99,000 playing throughout the year. Uh, that's pretty awesome. So he won that. And then in the FPO division, I think it was Deanne Carey. Yeah, Deanne Carey won it by 14 strokes over Morgan Linz and Holland Finley. And then Jessica Weiss rounding out the top four right there. So incredible. Disc golf still going on. It's funny because I played a tournament on Sunday and it was about 35 degrees out and it was pretty windy all day. My buddy Sam won the tournament, which was awesome. And then it ended up, it was just like a really awesome tournament to play with. And a bunch of my friends were there, but I was super jealous of all these people like Drew Gibson's out in Australia right now, where it's actually their summertime, I'm pretty sure. And then, you know, yes, players, down in, players down in Florida playing in probably 60 plus degree weather. And I'm just like, damn, that, that sounds really nice right now. <laughs> <laughs> to bring it back to Deanne Carey for a second, she is on fire as of late and like going back to GMC, top 10 finish, finished eighth, MVP open fourth, 26 at throw pink, uh, you know, not terrible, but not great. Uh, but then second at Down East Players Cup, first at Hub City Halloween open, first at Monroe Beach open and second at New World and then add in the win at the uh, Lake County Trailblazer. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, so the five straight podium finishes at you know not all a tiers right lake county was an a tier you said yep uh yep. so all a tiers uh you know maybe not the strongest fields but still incredibly impressive add on a few incredible top tens at playoff events and get ready for 2023 she's looking good mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and she's already got a silver event um, in her pocket with the resistance discs open a year yep. ago. I think it was. And I, uh, yeah, that was a stutter fiction. If if uh, yeah. anyone remembers, I believe yeah. that's still the largest margin of victory ever at a silver event. What was it? Do you remember off the top oh, of your head? It was like seventeen. Jeez, I remember the weather that it. weekend was awful. Awful, awful, awful. All bro. right, taking this show to a hot take F- right 15. away. Paul Macbeth's apparel. Um, part one and part two. <laughs> if you're in the disc golf, no, you follow him and you see these things and you're like, what's he going to drop? And then part one dropped and you're like, part what? <laughs> and so it was, uh, I should probably find that it. Was, I, I could yeah, sh- I was going to say, if you, can, if you can go onto that stream where it lets us see what you're looking at, that definitely helps say, out for the people watching live right now. But well, I, I think part one was the Roman numeral. Oh, ones, wait, hold right? on. Hold on a second. It bends under no, the impression no. that yeah, that's what I thought the new Paul scrapped was part one. I didn't know no. if it, it was one and two. No. That so let's show. Assumption. No. Let's show. It was a part one and two. That was my assumption. Let me no show here. Okay, this is, I guess I'll just go right into the social media. And uh, you guys will be able to see how my feed looks. Uh, go up to um, number three, number, number two. two. Okay, here's social media, everybody. Um, go a little full screeny deal. All right, so this is what you're seeing right here is the collection number one. I'm not zooming in, or can I? Oh, look at that. Look at that. Ooh, so you get this vibe to it that he didn't really specify like where the vibe was coming from it was just simply i'm trying to describe it for the people that are listening it's like world champion like i feel like to me the way i would describe it and can you go back to the three up and evan i'm gonna let you do it because i think you'll probably do a decent job i felt like like someone wins the world series or the super bowl winners are crowned and like they're on the field and they're given this t-shirt that's like you're the world champion and it has this pretty generic look to it. It's just kind of world champion. It might have a list of the names of players or games they played. Uh, that's kind of, to me, like how this vibe comes off. There's not much to it. Some of the polos look kind of clean with his original logo, like the original Paul Macbeth logo. But the other stuff kind of looks weird, full, like, body size text and all that. Um, Evan, did you say something about, like, concerts? Do you want to describe your take on it? Was that you? It, I- I don't think I said concerts. Maybe someone else did, but was I was the, I was thinking okay. UFC. Okay, it really felt kind of like a UFC, and then also I'm, I'm sure we'll get to it, but it also felt a little bit like um, I, I don't. I'm trying to put in the words, but like it, it kind of was a nod at LA, uh, being you know Southern California where he's from, and so it had that feel, kind of those two mixed together. And if you ever see his brother on any kind of videos, it felt like a lot of just like his apparel. <laughs> That's why uh, one so of the it's just a specific. <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's a specific style. I think it's different. I don't think this is meant to be like the only stuff Paul Macbeth's have. It's just a new style that he has come out with, right? Well, we were talking about part one. So part, you're, you might feel that about part one, but part two is really largely that. Nick, what was the way you described? Was it you? You said like the world tour, like of like well, music? Yeah, like and sometimes like the way I, I like shirts, and this is just my own personal, is I like a more simple logo on the front. And then the back of it is what has kind of a bigger logo to the it. The graphic, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, a graphic. And so sometimes, you know, when you go and see, uh, let's say, Opeth or Azalea Dying or Carrie Underwood, someone like that, and you see, you buy their shirt, and it's kind of like the World Tour shirt of it has all the dates for the events that they're playing at. And so people buy it, like people buy, you know, band merch and everything like mm-hmm. that. It's actually a large way that bands mm-hmm. make money. 
Um, it kind of had that You're right. vibe to me a little bit. It had the merch um, vibe to it. Yeah. Like, like stop like by to, my table and grab some merch. Yeah. I really like the sweatshirts, but I'm also a huge fan of white sweatshirts. It's just like my fa- white and black are just my favorite colors to wear. And so the ones with the VI on it, I just okay. wish like if it says VI on the front left shows, um, chest logo, I like something almost different on the back, depending, depending on what it is. I don't know. That's just personally how I. So then we go to part two, two of two. Uh, go ahead and put it up on the screen, Ben. <clears throat> so this part two of two. I like this one. Is this is interesting, too. So he dropped this one. And he says made in L.A. collection. So this is a total nod, Evan, as you were mentioning to L.A. Like, hey. It's got these vibes of, you know, where he's from, uh, his upbringing, and as you mentioned, like, his brother, the vibe that his brother, we can go back to three up, like, you have this big PM, and it's almost this gothic look to the text, like, if you're into graphic design at all, like, the editing there, the text comes off as, like, a gothic look to it, and again, not the usual Paul Macbeth style. Now, I'll give my take and then we can let you guys give your take and we can drop it. But my first thought was like, similar to what I saw a lot of comments coming in, which is like, wow, who approved this? Like this had to go through a, a graphic person, then somebody to approve it. And then Paul to look at it and say, yes. And I'm like, those, that's probably actually accurate. And if it did that, that means like the very least Paul Macbeth is okay with it and liked it. Cause there's no way Paul mm-hmm. releases it if he doesn't like it. So this is a collection that Paul liked. You have to believe it. And I think he's excited about it. And the second part of two, two of two, I do like better. It's not my vibe, but I do like it better um, as far as like a line goes. And I think, does he need to sell a million of these to like do well? No, I think he's expanding his, this is my point. He's expanding his... What is it? The like, what do they call them? Um, the codes, like his uh, barcodes, if you will, or whatever. Like for his products, like how many he mm-hmm. has. SKUs. That's mm-hmm. what they call them. SKUs. It's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, I have you know, 120 SKUs right now, but you can keep making more money by offering more. There's something for everybody. Like you don't, mm-hmm. you don't have to go out and buy this, everybody. But like, he's making this option available for people who do want it, and I think he's expanding his market. That's that's my take on it. Yeah, I think uh, one of the biggest things about apparel is just having a variety. You know, if you go to a company and you're looking for any sort of gear, you know, you want a variety. If, if like for me, I don't care for the color red. So if I'm looking to buy something, whether it's a red car or a red shirt or a red hat or something, I won't buy that. Even if I really, really like the company, it's just because I don't care for the color red. Now, if they have a variety and they have different styles or different colors of it, now I'm more inclined to buy from that company. Um, I think that's one of the biggest things in the apparel world. It's something that my company is working on right now is just bringing more out into the apparel world and having more variety. So if someone wants to support the company, support me, or just likes what we're coming out with, now you can get it in different colors. And so that's one thing I think with the Paul Macbeth brand right now is I think there's very, very few pros who actually do push merch very, very well. Um, I would say the top four off the top of my head who definitely sell the most merch wise. Um, Paul Macbeth by far, if you go to any big tournament, I think you'll see the most PM hats and PM shirts out of anyone. Um, Paul Ulibarri and Ledgestone do an absolute incredible job of pushing out gear. Ricky Wysocki actually does a very good job. And then Paige Pierce. Um, I was going to call you out my... if you didn't say Paige. 
Yeah, no, I think that's kind of my top four, especially um, on the FBO side. Katrina Allen, actually, shout out to her. She's launching her own website with gear. And uh, one of my favorite, like, some of my favorite types of sweatshirts are, or even long sleeve shirts, are the ones where there's lettering actually written down the sleeve. Mm. And Katrina's coming out with, I think it was a long sleeve shirt that actually, it, it says Katrina on the side of it. I'm sure there's going to be more options to it. But, like, that's something that I would pick up. I really like lettering on sleeves. Um, so that's something that I think is cool. So I'm curious to see how much of Katrina stuff will push out, but I think apparel I, is kind of funny. I am treading in very interesting waters when I say this. So this, I'm going to just make this a personal thing and then you can label me how you want. It's weird for me to like, I don't know. It probably has nothing to do with being a married man. Cause my wife wouldn't care. But like, if I was to wear like a Katrina Allen shirt, like I am a fan of Katrina Allen, mm-hmm. but like, Maybe it's a style, but it couldn't be a style thing. Like, I guess they made a sweet, like, man's cut shirt or whatever. Yeah. Like, I could totally do it. But, like, there's just something about, like, repping, like, Katrina Allen is, like, I don't know. It, or Paige well, I mean, or anybody. I'm just you, saying, like, would you throw different would you, than another, like, another male player? Well, would you throw a Paige Pierce disc or a Katrina yes, Allen disc? absolutely. This is not an that, issue of, like, yeah. am I a fan of them? It's just something yeah. about it. Like Missy Gannon, right? So she has the same initials as me, MG. And I'm always like, like totally can wear that. Like it's like dual purpose, like in my mind. And there's nothing wrong with like just repping Missy Gannon and people do it all the time. For me, it's a mental block right now of like, I don't know. So anyways, they they push their stuff and I see people repping them all the time. And that's cool Mm -hmm. for them. And to be fair, I don't rep any, I actually don't rep any disc golfer. I don't wear Paul McBeth. I don't wear anybody. So Maybe I'm just staying consistent. I just don't rep the people. Yeah. yeah. We'll have to get you one of my sweatshirts. Yeah. <laughs> Start sending them in, boy. Yeah. <laughs> and girls, well, that's yeah, fine, too. Paul, Paul's, like, got a lot of, I don't want to say quite negativity, but more like a, a lot of just, it, a lot of people are outwardly saying they don't want this. Um, but people are still clearly going to buy this. Uh, maybe not the majority of fans, and that's okay. But like you, Nick, you were saying, it's all about the variety. But people mm-hmm. will still buy this. I guarantee you'll see some people wearing this. I mean, mm-hmm. it it has a little bit of like kind of that metal feel, which there's plenty of disc golfers who like metal. There's plenty of disc mm-hmm. golfers who like different kinds of music. Uh, the variety is there. Disc golf's already into every kind of walk of life. This shirt, th- these shirts and apparel will sell. Mm-hmm. They will. Absolutely. And now that like I got that therapeutic session off my my mind, like now I'm like, dude, I should just get every disc golfer shirt and just like yeah. wear one a week. Perfect. So I'm down for it. Um, do you got okay, Look, now I'll put you on the mm-hmm. spot. Do you wear any FPO player shirts? I have a Paige Pierce one. Sweet. That I casually wear. Is it like a polo or a t shirt or just a t shirt? And then um what's it called? Uh when Katrina comes out and her stuff, um, I'm definitely gonna pick up some of the Katrina stuff, especially if the long sleeves are in a male size and they have the lettering written down. I just I think those are sweet. Like that right in and of itself. If I can find like a black one with white lettering or a white one with black lettering, 100%, I'm going to buy it. I think those are the coolest ones. Um, I don't have any Missy Gannon stuff. It's funny now that I own an apparel brand, it's, I, I don't really buy too many clothes anymore just because I to try be- to wear <laughs> everything to Skira. You guys do not have to get into this conversation with me, but do you feel like it does seem pretty... Um, the, the way people 
purchase things like women tend to support the women's division way larger like you don't see them wearing like paul like they'll wear paul mcbeth my point is like they're gonna wear a page pierce or katrina allen like same thing for mpo and that's just probably sports in general yes uh, you're saying yes man sports in general yeah right i mean think of like i don't know olympic gymnasts or ice skaters like i don't go out and buy you know whatever they were their names like it's just i don't know mm -hmm. so yeah i, I mean I think people are going to, uh, people want to root for what are people like them, True. whether it's, you know, gender, race, I mean, religion, uh, sexuality, it's like all these different kinds of things. Like you root people, people who are, are, are like you. Yeah, and, and if you're I, closer, I was going to yeah. say earlier for Paige Pierce, like, I think I see more youth wearing Paige Pierce, mm -hmm. uh, apparel than anyone else. And that's kind of particular because it's a lot of young girls, a lot of young girls on the course or mainly at pro tour events that I've seen are wearing page Pierce stuff. And that's really cool. And now with the rise of Kristen Tatar and uh, Katrina Allen's merch and all these other players, you're going to see more and more of it. And that's really cool. And kind of to your point is young girls want to root for girls who are like them mm -hmm, and seeing exactly. page Pierce have this awesome apparel, seeing uh, Kristen Tatar have an incredible season and have a really clean KT logo. <laughs> I think it gets them excited and they want to wear that. And that's really cool. But I see no problem wearing someone else's wearing it. You know, someone who's a different gender or someone who's a different race. Like I see no problem. No issue. Wearing that. Cause it's cool. Like it is I cool. throw Paige Pierce disc or Katrina mm -hmm. Allen disc. Like it doesn't matter to me. Mm -hmm. I, I don't have any apparel of any players, but I would have no problem rocking a Paige Pierce shirt or a Katrina. I was Allen just going to say, whatever. I, I think after just like talking it out, it's, it's, it's literally just coming down to the fact of like apparel and like fashion choices yeah. as it is like, well, what's who or what's on it. I mean, um, yeah, because part of me goes, and now I'm probably tipping my cards more, like Kristen Tatar, okay, I I got behind her quite a bit as a fan this year, and I'm like, I could probably wear some Kristen Tatar stuff. She's like, mm -hmm. and so she's doing well with her branding. And so I think, mm -hmm. um, yeah, anyways, you mentioned, you know, who sells the most merch, and that just got me thinking, like, how does it work? Yeah. Who gets to sell more? Paige, I think, mm -hmm. probably does sell a lot. I don't know where Paige, she ranks. Yeah, I think, I think Paige sells a lot. And she definitely, her and Discraft definitely push it a lot. Um, and then, like I said, with Ledgestone and Yuli, Ledgestone even with Missy as well. Um, just if your company is backing you as well, they want to see your success. You want to help be successful with them. And I think one of the other things is that, you know, us four have gotten into a very big kind of, let's say with the Nick and Macho, a very big media role in the disc golf world. And then as, you know, like I... I go out and play. I've met a lot of friends on the Disc Golf Pro Tour. I'm friends with a lot of the pros. And so when I buy someone's merch, um, it's out of just, you know, it's a small little way to help them out. A lot of these people are friends or acquaintances. I wouldn't really consider myself too much of a, let's say, like a fan anymore. Oh, another person. Let's make a top five. Simon Lazat sells a lot of gear, a lot of apparel. Um, when he did the Simon, I was just thinking in my head, actually. Yeah, like the um the SL hats that he had. Yeah, I actually think Simon seen, has one of the cleanest I've seen logos a few in disc golf. Of like the yeah. red and black jerseys, or the yep. blue and green, blue and yeah. yellow, blue and yeah. Yellow when they did the green. moving day jerseys and stuff like that, like I definitely yeah. think um, Discmania has uh, worked pretty well with them as well. Um, but as I was saying earlier, like I don't consider myself too much of like I'm a fan of these people, and there are certain people that I root for, but I'm not a fan of them. As in like. I've never met them before. I'll never have like a chance to meet them or like have a very slim chance to maybe get an autograph one day because I've become acquainted and become friends with all these people. Now, if I was to go out and say like, I love watching the Celtics right now and Jason Tatum is having an incredible season. 
if I go to a Celtics game, I would want to buy a Jason Tatum jersey just because I want to support the Celtics. I want to support Jason. Not that the man making multi-millions of dollars really needs my support, but at the same time, like that's my way of showing support. And so when I'm looking at it as a spectator and a fan standpoint, like there are certain people that I would go out and I would buy their stuff because I am a fan of that person. Absolutely. Um, I have stuff sitting on now, my it's shelf. Just more like, yeah, in disc golf now, it's just more if someone comes out with cool gear, like the polos in Paul's second line, the part two, um, that's in a collaboration with McCade. And if you don't know who McCade is, they worked with Paul last year at the USC or two years ago, I think, at the USCGC, or I think technically last year, 2021, not the one that just happened, the one before that. Um, but he's he's done work with McCade over the last year or two. And um, so they ran a set of polos in collaboration with him. So the polos cool. in and of itself are going to come out great. Um, and so like, you know, even though Paul's one of my best friends, I would still go out and, you know, if I need to, I would go buy one of the shirts that I like, or one of the sweatshirts that I like one, because it's another piece of clothing and I get to wear, it's a sweatshirt and it's enjoyable. I'm supporting a friend and I'm supporting someone who, you know, I want to support. <clears throat> Let's do this. <clears throat> Excuse me. We, we still have Nate Sexton coming up in about 30 minutes. We still have a Thanksgiving, um, We'll go around here and say what we're thankful for for disc golf. And then I um, just want to say during the live recording here, some people are saying there's a YouTube issue, not with them watching us, but it's not showing up in their subscription mm -hmm. feed. Um, so would those of you who are in here just copy this link, paste it to your socials, your groups, wherever you are, and just say, hey, they're live. Here's the link. Uh, we're trying to do that as well on our side. Post it to every <clears throat> Facebook group you're a part of. So you <laughs> Just spam it. No. Okay. So let's do this. Let's take a hard break on uh, the talk about apparel, and let's go into a new g g game. game. <laughs> so go. sit tight on that for a second, Ben. I got to pull it up. Yeah, but, <clears throat> but have you ever played the game Taboo? Oh, okay. wait. It's, be it's behind you. It's okay. Okay. Oh, it's not okay. It's okay. Yeah, it's, it's not, not okay. okay. <laughs> Uh -huh. <laughs> first one we'll skip by so here's how this works we're gonna skip by the first one uh taboo and taboo is played go ahead and go to the game segment there all right yeah this will be a. go ahead this is the first one so this will be a... the way this is gonna work <clears throat> it's a little variation for tonight but it's a disc golf game of taboo so what happens is i guess we're just gonna do it how the screen split here uh me me and nick I had to get backwards. So me and Evan are a team. Yes. And so Let's both go. Ben and I will be like readers trying to get our partners to guess the name of the player or a course. We have courses in here um, or disc brand. <clears throat> now, the way Taboo works for those of you playing along uh, at work, driving around or whatever, is you're going to hear either me or Ben describing a person, a, a place, a, a disc golf course or a, a brand. And some of these clues don't allow us to say certain words. Like, okay, on screen, you're seeing Calvin Heimberg. If I was to try to get Nick to guess Calvin Heimberg, I would probably just immediately say, I called him a Muppet. Muppet. Yes. <laughs> and Nick's going to be like, I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> and he's going to say Calvin Heimberg. But let's assume I didn't have Muppet on there. I can't, the words I can't say are big skins. I can't say pizza and I can't say Vinny, meaning like, hey, he put the pizza in the oven. I couldn't say that. Yeah. I could yeah. say he puts in the oven, <laughs> but I couldn't say pizza and I can't say Vinny yeah. and I couldn't say like big skins winner or something, right? So the only other things, and you're going to say, well, it's easy. Just say, you know, Team Innova or whatever. The other rules here, and I need Ben to hear this because he's listening. describing it. 
You can't say the manufacturer they're sponsored by. Yeah. That's just, it's not up here on screen, but that's a common rule. You can't say their team members, like (sighs) who's like, oh, they're a team member with Nate Sexton. You know what I mean? Like you can't do that. And this is your favorite, Ben. You can't say like any tour series or signature discs of theirs. Okay. So you can't, if I was describing, um, Nate Sexton, I can't say Firebird. <laughs> uh, Glow Firebird. <laughs> like, I yeah. can't do that. And I'd guess Andrew Marweed, anyways. Oh, well, you might guess twice. So that's the other <laughs> thing. Throwback. Generally, I think we need to have the rule, at least in round one, where you can guess as many times as you want, both Ben and Nick. Okay. Round one. If it turns out to be something crazy and like we're just blowing through these, we'll say you get to guess like twice or once and then we yeah. move past it. Yeah. <clears throat> so. With that being said, we have to make it so that Evan, because Ben and Evan are going first. Ben is going to read the clues to himself and try to get Evan to guess. And Evan can't see these, so we need to blind Evan, and we're going to do that now. So here we go. Blind Evan. Evan, can you see our screen? Oh, man. No. You're still live. Don't pick your nose or anything. Temporarily. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, I'm, people can see me though. Oh yeah, yeah, man. They're they're loving it too. They're they're commenting on the beard. All right, here we go. All right. I'm okay. gonna set a timer. We're gonna do round number one. It's gonna be pretty fast, but it's gonna be one minute. Okay. One minute of Ben. You can just shout out anytime you want, Evan. Um, let's see how this goes. Three. I'm gonna put right. it up. You're gonna see it on screen there. Ready, set, go. Paul McBeth. Um <laughs> Um, this is just Ben saying um. Uh, <laughs> this is so good. Match play. Can I say that match yeah. play champion? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is that Joel Freeman? Yes. Ding. Next one. Hmm. Um. Planet Fitness. Ezra Aderholt. Yep. Ooh, let's go. Um. Keep it coming. B- breakout. Uh, event was MVP Open two years ago, 2020. Ooh, uh, uh, keep it coming. Idol I don't know yet. Winner last year. Oh, oh, Kyle Klein. Thing. Fifteen you, seconds. You geek when Matt says this. You, you laugh. <laughs> Matty O. Yes. One more. <laughs> um, tilt. ten seconds. Tilt. Oh, Simon. You can't say that. No, oh. it's it's. Oh, you're good. It's Simon Lazat. Brand. It's not uh, Casey White. Brand. Tilt. Time's up. Oh, manufacturer. All right. All right. People are telling me to change their background. Let me do that real quick. Wait, hold on. <laughs> no, don't change what your was, background. Was Tilt This Mania? Yes. Don't change your background. We're in the middle of a game. Wait, I thought we were just doing players. <clears throat> no, I said brands, places, oh, as in courses, man. or players. Okay. 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 Here we go. We're going to unblind you. I didn't keep track of how many he got right there. Do we have to go back and Think see real four. quick? Chat, tell us. I got hold four on. or five. Okay. I'm going to look at it right now. That's one, one, four, right? Two, two. three, Four. He got four. Okay. Now we're gonna unblind Evan. We're gonna blind Nick. Sorry, Nick. There you go. Can you see I'm us, on. Nick? Nope. Okay. Here we go. I'm gonna start describing to you, and we'll see how this goes. On your mark, set, go. Um, a friend of yours, and he just moved to Florida. Paul Macbeth. <laughs> so awesome. Um, this is a course, um, down south from me. Um. A big event that was tied to like Innova for a long time in my mind. Tied to Innova for a long time. USDGC? Yes. Oh, sorry. No, it's the course. It's the course. Oh, Winthrop <laughs> University. Yes. Okay. Um, 
he traveled with Paul in a few events, like year, like in high school. He can throw a mile, real. Drew like, Gibson. No, taller, tall. Um, comes from out west. I think out of Arizona. Oh, Anthony Barilla. Yes. Um, this is a manufacturer of discs, and they. Discraft. <laughs> no. Innovo. No, so they. Um, Chris Dickerson left them last year. Prodigy. Right? Yeah. And um, dang it, I don't know how to say this one that fast. A minute's up. Uh, this last one was Kevin Jones. <clears throat> I okay. couldn't say Jump Putt, uh, DJ, or KJ. And I was like, well, what do I say? Like, what do you say? What would you say to get Kevin Jones described? Um, plays music before Corey Wong. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess he could have done that. Yeah. It would work. I would have said, I would have I said, like, Prodigy's. You know, number one or number two. Well, you guy. can't say prodigy. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Okay. I don't know. I think it would take me a minute, but I just thought of a way that we could actually involve you reading it back to us. And it would just involve like Ben and I's integrity, like not to look at the screen. <laughs> that's all. Um, which we could do. So I just had to close my eyes. You just close your eyes. Okay. And when it's my turn, I'm just gonna look off screen and I'll just advance the questions. The thing is you're gonna have to say yes, he got that right, or else I won't know to advance. Okay. Um, you guys okay. both closing your eyes? No, I don't need to close my eyes for this one. This is just you describing it to Ben now, okay? Oh, okay. Here we go. All right. You ready, Ben? Yes. Close your eyes. Keep them close. Three, two, one. Go ahead, Evan. All right. Uh, he's from Texas and won Music City last year in a playoff over Ricky Wasaki. He is engaged to Valerie Mandujano to be married. Mason Ford. Yes. yes. Uh. He is not a righty uh, and has There's really long hair that's blonde. Yes. Uh, hurt his elbow. Uh, won the European won the European Open. Oh, uh, Eagle Man. Yep. Um, long hair in Utah. Big throw in. <laughs> James Conrad. <laughs> yes. Um, animal nickname. Big uh, dude Chandler with a beard. Fry. Really nice. Yes. Um, also not small, uh, and his big jokester, <laughs> big jerk. just got married. Yes. We'll give that to you. Uh, he has the pump throw, uh, and is a really good. Yes. Uh, one MVP open last year and had Time's a up. subpar Adam year. It was Adam. Oh, so close. <laughs> so close. Okay. I, we got to go back and see here. So we got to do the points real quick. So I got, how many did you get the first round, Ben? Four? I think so. Okay. That's what we were Keep saying. Keep track yeah. of this. Four. I got one, two, three, four. I got four. So we were tied so we got, up. Yeah, we got four and four. So now you just got one. Oh. Two. Yeah, you got it. Two, three, four, five, five, six, six, seven. seven. And seven. you did not get Hamish. So seven. Ah, uh, so close though. So Nick, you're gonna have to kill it here, okay? I am so bad at these kind of games, but I'll give it a whirl. Okay, here. And I have to advance two because I'm I'm being very fair, and I did see the next one, so I'm going to advance twice. Okay, okay, hold on a second. I got to see my clock though, at the very least. Okay, let's see. Advancing to you one. Want us this, to do a clock. This one right here. Okay, this is not the one you're doing. <laughs> on your mark. I'm not. Okay. You're not doing this one. Here we go. Go. Uh, he won the preserve last year or this year. S uh, Simon. Uh, Bradley nope. Williams. Yep. Uh, he has the dad putt. Simon Lazat. Nope. Uh, it's where he puts from the side of his body. 
Watch from He's a young gun. We called we called him um Hevenheimer. Uh, yep. Uh one of the long thrower short kid. His breakout tournament was at the Memorial years ago. He just won the Aussie Open. Drew Gibson. Yep. Uh it's the company that I'm sponsored by. Pro- uh manufacturer. <laughs> Discraft. <laughs> yep. Uh he got runner up to he lost a Calvin Heimberg at Deglo and Simon Lozada MVP. Uh, Corey Ellis. Yep. Uh, he won. Um, he won the Mid America Open. He's a prodigy guy. We've had him on Kyle the podcast Klein. before. Oh, prodigy! Nope. Dang it! Say that. Oh, I'm not allowed to say that. Sorry. Go to the next one. Time's up. Yeah. People are Sorry. saying don't I say wasn't... events. Oh, like we were can't we, say. Are we allowed to say events? No. Well, we didn't clarify. Well, we didn't make a rule, but saying. I think that's fair for still going. Okay. But all of those count, of course, if we. So we oh, didn't get all don't say, well, I think we only got okay. Like There's enough questions yeah. on here. We'll, we can change this up in future episodes, but <laughs> okay. Um, so how many did we just get? I think only five. Okay, so we one. skipped this one. Bradley Williams, one, two, three, four, five. I got five. So we're two behind right now. That's what matters. Yep. We're two behind. All right, we're going to do this <clears throat> probably one more time. Maybe one more after that. This time it is uh, Ben reading off to Evan. Evan. All right, let me hide or blind Evan. Ding. It's a hard thing to (laughs) be, isn't it, Evan? (laughs) All right, here we go. We're going to put Alden Harris back up, but here we go. The next one on your mark, get set, go. Elbow, her elbow. Some of those are. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Nick's friend likes fishing. Uh, it's not Adam Hammes. It is. Oh, it is Adam Hammes. Um, s- bad sidearm went ob. <laughs> Gary Gerthy. <Yeah. laughs> uh, manufacturer not Axiom. MVP. Yeah. This sports. Um, I'm blinking. Pit Vipers. He wears them. Pit Vipers. Long no clue hair. Guys. Shaved on the keep side going, a going. little bit, really long. Greg Barsby. Yeah. In our hometown, the course. Uh, Maple Hill. Yeah. He was here in studio. Um, <laughs> back right corner has a wife. Gannett, uh, get, oh, uh, Chris Dickinson. Yeah. Time. Okay, we'll give it to you. <laughs> All right, so that was, you got Simon. Okay, that was the easy one. One, two, three, four, five. You Six. came up with all these, Matt? Seven, yeah. Good nine. job. Seven. Let's go, Ben. Another seven. seven. So we're going to have to get nine to tie it, Nick. So we're going to have to yep. kill this. And again, yeah, once again. Speed golf. Once again, I've seen the uh, next one here, so I got to skip it. But here we go. All right. Oh, I got oh, to do I it can, for Nick. Yeah, I was going to say. It's me doing it for Nick, I and I got to unblind Evan while we're at it. Yeah. yeah. Do I get to watch her? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> all right. Here we go. I forgot I was doing yeah. it for Nick. We got to kill it. <laughs> oh, boy. Here we go. Uh, three, two, one, go. Okay. Came into the sport a few years ago through a different type of Frisbee. Brody Smith. Yes. Um, he has got a sweet name. I think it's super brandable in golf, like, as well as now disc golf, I guess, but golf branded, like his last name. Oh, Ben Callaway. Yes. Um Shorter glasses can throw really far. Uh, became a dad in the last year or two. Emerson Keith. Yes. Um, we just had him on the show last week. Um, uh, Nicola Castro. Yes. 
Um, oh, this is incredible. The manufacturer he's sponsored by. Lone Star Discs? Yes. Um, oh, but this is unfair. We're having him on the show tonight. <laughs> yeah. Nate Sexton. <laughs> yes. Um, another guy sponsored by Lone Star came out at the European Open. Taylor Kramer. Taylor um, Kramer. <laughs> plays used to play for Prodigy or did play for Prodigy now. He plays for Prodigy now, was with Innova. No, with Innova, went to Prodigy from a different country. Dang time up. You got you said two for two. One of the rules is you can't say what brand they play for. Oh, thanks. <laughs> you made the rules, didn't you? I made the rules, guys, but they didn't show up on I, screen and I forgot. My, my it's guy. okay. Yeah, how did Chandler Kramer not have forehand, you know, bright hair, gym shorts? Well, I didn't say Innova. Okay, I said Chandler Kramer sponsored no, no. by this company. Who was the no, one no, that you're from Innova? I'm just, wait, but did, one? hold on a second. Did I? I didn't say Chandler Kramer. Yeah, you said Lone no, Star. No, you're good for Chandler Kramer, I think. Oh, I said he was sponsored by Lone Star. Yes, I oh, did. You, oh, sorry. Okay, never that mind. That was a well, mistake. I think, he, I think he said sponsored by the same company. So, you know. Yeah, it was Thomas Gilbert that was definitely. <laughs> okay. Either oh, way, let's just go that back. Would, that would have taken me a minute. Let's go back. Okay, Brody Smith, one, two, three. Four, five, six. I, I can't give myself that one. So we got six. So we're off by three. All right. We're so going to down five. We're down five. Let, okay. Let's just finish it out. Let's just finish it out. Here we go. Um, I don't think we have enough, so we'll probably just run out, but we might as well play the game to completion. Ben, you're up. Close your eyes. On your mark. Get set. Evan, you're doing this one, okay? Yep. Go. Uh, go, no, go. Um, your favorite player messaged you on Instagram. You like his form. Gannon Burt. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, Southern California disc manufacturer, one of the earliest. You throw a lot of their factory seconds. <laughs> um, wrestler, huge dude out of Iowa. Friends Dan with. Babcock. Yep. Um. One of the beautiful courses in the world, not in New Hampshire, not in Maine, but in Vermont. Swan, yes. Uh, what's Notch, the course? Brewster Ridge. Other one. Uh, animal. Animal Fox Drug. Meadows. There we go. Yep. Uh, Irish name won Delaware last year. You can't. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Irish name. Matty O. Nope. <laughs> Uh, basketball player out of Texas now plays disc golf, of course. Oh, Connor O'Reilly. Uh, Connor McGregor. Yes. <laughs> yep. Uh, was first place in disc golf pro tour points after the two weeks. Luke Humphreys. Time's up. Yep. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, we ran out of names, so we're not gonna get back up, Nick. But they they had beaten us anyway, so they just demonstrated they their yeah. prowess with names. But Casey White nice. was up. You couldn't say Simon was hot. Nice. And Ricky Wysocki. You couldn't say Million Helicopter Ari Raptor or Saki Bomb. And then the last one would have been Austin Hannum. That would have been hard. They're pretty hard. We'll have to do an FPO edition. I think that could even be harder. <laughs> All right, That'd let's go. Good. Let's go back to idea. the three up, and we're gonna get ready here with our last topic before Nate Sexton comes in. Um, I think we could refine that game. I think there, there's definitely some potential for the game uh, to work out in the future. Maybe a little bit better planning, some points, uh, things of that nature. But there you go. Hope you enjoyed playing along. Let's jump right into our Thanksgiving um, segment here, where we're gonna talk about to you. You get 30 seconds, a minute, whatever you need to take to say why disc golf, you're thankful for disc golf. In the chat, we welcome you to play along. Uh, leave a comment in there. 
send us a message, do whatever you'd like. Uh, does anybody want to start out? You want me to go? Why we're thankful for disc yeah. golf or what we're why, thankful? Why are you thankful for disc golf? About, okay. Yeah, what are you thankful about for it? What, okay. I think it's all you, Matt. Okay, for me, and I'm not going to talk for a long time. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, 30 seconds. Disc golf has given me an opportunity in many ways to gain community and friendships and relationship um, with people that I may, and I don't mean this any other way, but people that I may not have ever like found myself being with. And you talked about this earlier, Evan, like you tend to gravitate towards those who are like you. Now, disc golf is our common ground, but like, I love the fact that like the um, friendships that I've made and the people that I meet again are people that maybe outside of disc golf, I wouldn't have found myself being around. And I've met so many people I, I know that the phrase is commonly like people suck. Right. And I try so hard to say like, yeah, people are, can be bad and are generally just inherently that way. But man, what we have for good is the edification. And I, you see it come out all the time. So like, I'm really grateful for the people, the fans that have come up and introduced themselves. I'm genuine when I say I'm so happy to meet you. So thank you guys for that. Um, who's up next? I'll go ahead. Go. I think just the uh, opportunities that disc golf has given me, obviously the friends and the relationships that I've built with it, the amount of people that I've met just over the course of the last, especially the last few years, it's an immeasurable amount of people that I've met and have come up to me. I've been able to see while going to a couple events throughout the year, uh, the friendships that I've built just at, at least now in the Virginia area. And then the Massachusetts area are friends that, you know, I talk to pretty much every single week. And then I'm just thankful that I get to do this uh for a living in the sense of like i don't i don't get up and go to a nine to five office job i make my money solely off of disc golf whether it's from the podcast or from tournaments or you know sponsorships and stuff like that like it's a really really cool life to live and so i'm super thankful for that and without the support of people from the nick and matt show and people just supporting me and my own personal brand it would not happen so thankful for all of you guys very cool wonderful you up next, Evan? Yeah, I, I'm thankful that we all like a sport that is, is so cool that you, you're playing a sport while being in like incredibly beautiful nature at the same time. Uh, I mean, we we have many courses in the woods and trees. I mean, we just had Fox Run come up. And when I was trying to describe it, you're thinking of the amazing mountains in the background when you're even in this open field without many trees. Uh, it's just a very, very cool sport that we can be competitive with while being in amazing scenery. Uh, and add in the amazing people that you guys said too, but uh, you guys said it very well. And I'm also very thankful that I get to work making numbers and stats out of a sport. I mean, that's something I want to do my whole life in any kind of sport. And it just worked out really well in disc golf and obviously enjoy it very much. Uh, and thankful to the whole Statmando team. Uh, got a wonderful uh, crew of people behind us. I'm not the only person of Statmando. As, as much as people are like, you're Statmando. No, there's dozens of us who do an incredible good job. Absolutely. Uh, man, I'm looking at the chat and everybody's saying what they're thankful for. I'll read some of them in a minute. In a minute. So if you keep commenting them, I'll let others mm -hmm. in the, the post-production know who aren't in the live chat. Uh, but Ben, you're up. All right. I'm thankful for Disc Golf because it's presented many opportunities. I started April last year and uh, in that year of contract for the Disc Golf Pro Tour, been on Nick and Matt show, started my own Disc Golf convention. So all those amazing opportunities that I would not have had without disc golf. And 
not even personal gain wise. Now we're if we go to friendship wise, I've met a lot of awesome friends and that um, you know, love the game and I just love how I, how passionate I am for the game and how, you know, it can take my mind off those type of business type things in day to day life. So it, it it's something would be awesome to be very passionate and want to strive to do better because so, not a lot of people have that. So, mm. um, I just keep thinking of all the things. I mean, I like to create and I like to produce and make, especially graphically. I've been doing video production since I was a kid, maybe twelve or younger. VCRs and and like large cassette tapes sitting on your shoulder and a camera. Like I would jump on a trampoline and then go edit it with two VCRs. And I would literally put one in blank and one in like with the coverage I did and you'd hit record and play at the same time and stop. And like, I would, I love doing that. And like disc golf has given me an opportunity as a hobby to come on here. And as you said, Evan, like do numbers, you always wanted to do that kind of thing. And like, for me, I love producing and making videos, and and this is a way that I get to do it every week. And people come and listen, and they watch, and it's just like super awesome. We so love the Nick and Matters. We are very thankful for those of you who do that. Um, I, I think Nick, you you and I said this in the beginning. We, <laughs> I don't know how long we would have continued, but we were we would have been happy with ten people listening. So yeah, the fact that we're here, where we have you know over ten thousand listeners every episode is just awesome so mm-hmm. we, we're very grateful for you um yeah. so that's awesome so let me get some of these in here and then if you guys have any closing thoughts you can do that as well um some of these coming in said i i, I gotta <laughs> i gotta look through them before i read them out loud i'm thankful for the disc golf but especially all live coverage so live coverage gets a shout out um i'm thankful for disc golf because of the love of having fun amongst nature it's one of my favorite ways to actively meditate i have met some great people in the world due to disc golf Uh, i'm thankful it's a family friendly sport nothing better than sharing hobbies with your kids Um, i've put my art on disc golf discs i've learned a lot about myself amidst playing disc golf and i've evolved alongside other folks besides myself and a part uh, besides myself in part to such i enjoy teaching folks as well um let's see i love playing with my wife and kids i'm thankful for playing again after 13 years and finding all these great videos and podcasts um i'm thankful for those six time discs about to drain my account (laughs) um let's see we opened up our property to the public during a rough time in the spring of 2020 very thankful for the community and that so many people now enjoy something beautiful and that we're all privileged to share. That's a disc golf course in Massachusetts. Westy Acres, shout out. A um, few more here. I'm thankful for a sport that brings all kinds together that can find common ground in the love of watching a disc take flight. It can be purely recreational and also mm-hmm. competitive. As a fan, I'm thankful for the accessibility of the professional side of the sport. I volunteered at the Preserve, got to talk to Luke Humphreys and the Prodigy Boys and Bradley Williams. And just a couple days ago, I was in Austin, Texas and saw Mason Ford, Val Mandahano, and Bradley again. It's the best sport. I'm happy it's growing, but everyone should be thankful for where we're at today. Um, I'm thankful for trees keeping me humble. 
Thankful for disc golf helps my anxiety while I'm playing. Also later when I'm trying to sleep, going over the round I played <laughs> in my head. So there is a lot in here. Uh, I don't know how many of you do that. You're thinking you're laying in bed at night. You ever see those memes, you know, your Me, significant other in bed with you and you're like, they're like, he's probably thinking about other girls. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I should have threw the buzz. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Literally. So that's pretty funny. Um, so thank you guys for sharing in that disc golf moment of saying thanks. I really appreciate that. What a special thing it is here. I, I'm privileged and honored to share it with you, Ben, and Nick, and uh, Evan so much. Uh, it's been awesome. It's hard to find four people that could work together this long and still be like, this is awesome. Yeah. So thank you guys very about much it. for that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm always jazzed. Always jazzed. Just jazzed to be part of the team. All right. Yes, yeah, thankful that Matt. <clears throat> onboarded me like a true trainer he is a true trainer that's all right i i dubbed you intern ben and then that was it that was the end but i had my hurt first flack today with my background does it hurt it hurts a little it hurts a little my first flack and it had to do with my background oh my goodness Oh boy! Welcome to I'll do better, hey, guys. I'll do better. I told you I didn't like it. And you stuck. No, with you it, so. thought it was hilarious, Evan. Don't even lie. I thought you it was like, funny <laughs> but weird. <laughs> what I was is not that? laughing that hard. Yeah, you were. I might have laughed that hard, but. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Okay. <laughs> anyway, you guys are like, we're not going to go back and forth <laughs> yeah, on this one. Yeah, everything like that. It. Okay. Um, let me see here, real quick. I want to definitely do something here that talks about this awesome product. So if you could go to my camera and then maybe pull up this nice little video we put together for it. I'm putting it up on screen. You can see it says Safari here. And on the back side, it says Knockers. And it is just quality. I'm hitting the ceiling. <laughs> it is quality. Hickory. This is marine, like, coated, like, paint. It is a wonderful product, and this middle piece here is copper, and it has two simple screws that could go in with a penny or a dime. You don't need a tool, but it allows you to collapse it, as you're seeing on screen, and fit it in your bag. Um, four and a half pounds. What an amazing product. I am happy. I was just going through videos. I'm going to have to share some later, uh, maybe next week. I was going through videos when I was playing this with my family in the White Mountains, Um literally walking down trails in the white mountain national forest i have this with me and we just brought a disc or two in our hands and we had played down the fairways and there'd be like these sweet like uh i'm trying to think like pavilions like on outcroppings like in the mountains and i'm like dude nobody's here let's go set it right there and like throw and it's just amazing places you can play disc golf and i've i've asked you guys this before it ben nick Evan, you guys drive around, you see, oh, that'd be a sweet spot to put a disc golf hole. Or you're at some big park and you're like, dude, if you could throw a disc golf shot here, like that's the mindset of this. Safari knockers are going to allow you to do it. It collapses easily, could go in your bag, or you could carry it like it's already in its functioning state here, like a, a walking stick. Get out <laughs> there. It's, it's true. Like, uh, Evan, you said this a couple weeks ago. The awkwardness of carrying a basket to these places both people are going to look at you funny and just the awkwardness and the weight of it. Like by the time you get 200 feet away, you're like, why did I carry the basket here? So this allows you to do disc golf wherever you want and safari knockers.com at the very least, you just need to punch that in your web browser. So people are curious about what you're looking at. <laughs> safari knockers.com and check it out. We've already had people come back and, and purchase these pro this product since we started talking about it, you are going to enjoy it. 
It's awesome. I can't, I'll have to put videos up next week. What an awesome product it is. SafariKnockers.com. They're a really special product, and we're excited to, to talk about them here. All right. <clears throat> we are getting very close to the Nate Sexton interview here. I'm sure he's going to jump on in just a minute. Um, but while we do that, I'm going to let Evan... I don't know how much preparation you did, but you thought this topic, and we can just open it up, would be decent. What will be the best silver event of next year? Okay. Or feel free to go down that road. Or what old DGPT events should return? So just for instance, like what events are you thinking like that left that might come back? And you can kind of talk about that. And then maybe um, a silver event that you guys are looking forward to next year. You want to start that, Evan? sure yeah like, I, didn't prep. I just said it would be a good topic <laughs> yeah i did not prep at all that's okay let's um, just start the conversation but oh the schedule is still the 2022 season so i'm gonna have to wing it on what the 2022 to 2023 schedule is like i think it's um, on the pdga if you find it there okay well i i'm actively talking so that makes it a little yeah. bit harder but uh i'm gonna go ahead and start with the open at austin and that's mainly because i know nothing about what the new venue is going to be in Austin. I know it's the same uh, uh, tournament staff as the Open at Belton, which has each year been the best silver field of the season, um, mainly because it's so easy to get to, I think, just because uh, mm -hmm. Waco is right before it, and it's the weekend after. It's early in the season. People are hungry for points and not too tired. But at the same time, it is still very well attended. Um, so I'm going to assume that the Open at Austin is also going to be well attended. So that means it's going to be a good field. So even if the courses are just, you know, decent, uh, it'll still be a really great event. Um, and another one I'm really excited for, but it's the opposite kind of reason, because I don't think a lot of players are going to play it. But is the Dismania Open out in PEI, where the Canadian Nationals are. Um, I'm blanking on the course names, but the, the beautiful courses on Prince Edward Island, um, it's going to be, I think after worlds, before they make the trip down to MVP open when worlds is up at smugglers notch, mm -hmm. I don't think a lot of players are going to make the trek all the way over to Northeastern Canada and then back down to Massachusetts. I think a lot of players will skip it after worlds, but the courses up there are fantastic. And I think it's a silver event to stay, or maybe even a future elite event. Uh, and the courses are amazing up there. Um, of course, we'll, we'll have Nate Sexton on who has won up there at Canadian Nationals, um, but a fantastic venue. All right. Um, so that was good enough, Evan. That carries us over. I mean, we can continue it on later, but we have a special guest lined up here in our virtual green room. Excited to have him tonight. Uh, Nate, you good to go? Give me a thumbs up. We don't want to surprise you. Good to go? Good. All right, here we go. He thinks he is. <laughs> All right, let's pull him in. Everybody, welcome to the show. Nate Sexton, how's it going, man? Hey, can you hear me at all? We can hear you. We can hear you. Okay, then we're good. My mic is blinking at me in a way that I don't like, yeah, so but if it sounds good to you guys, no, no. then I'm doing pretty well. No, let's stop. It sounds robotic. It sounds robotic. Like you sound like it's making me laugh right now. Like it's super awesome. I thought I thought he was just making a funny voice at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like he has a deep voice. This is crazy. No. Hold on. We can't hear him now, oh, it, no. but try this. If you go out of the link and like just open it up again, it'll probably refresh your sound settings for you. <laughs> um, yeah, you can close out the link or whatever you're in and uh, 
try it. He, so that was super funny. <laughs> I thought he was about to mess with us too. I thought he was messing with us. I was like, this. damn, he can hold that voice. He's like, do, do I sound great? <laughs> well, he first, I thought he sounded fine, like right off the bat. Right off the it bat. It sounded fine. And then all of a sudden, when he said his microphone started blanking, it went away. <laughs> Well, while we're waiting for him to come back in, I have a quick uh, Nate Sexton fact that I got from All right, he's uh, back. the one and only. Oh, he is back? Yeah, so you can right give it. Let's, it. Pull, let's pull it. Okay, no. okay. Can you hear us? Yeah, we can hear him. Can you hear us, Nate? Okay, oh, we can hear now. you good. We're no good. It's good. We're good. Oh, yeah. perfectly. Let's yeah, pull him perfect. in. Let's pull yeah. him in. There we go. Boom. Nate, we can hear you great. You'll have to watch it back because that was crazy. Uh, that's weird because my mic is still sounding pretty crazy, but it sounds okay to you guys. Oh, you yeah, sound yeah. like Nate Sexton now. <laughs> Perfect. That's all the I chat's need. chat's like, what the heck? And we're all over here laughing. Dude, That's it was pretty funny. We thought you were pulling one over on us. Like, you're like, is my voice sound any different to you? <laughs> well, so welcome to the show, Nate. I'm glad it's working out for you. I hope you're able to hear us okay. But it is um, episode 115, and I have to look back. It's been a while since we've had you on. Um, and it's been a while since I've actually seen you in person. So welcome back to the show. And we have a lot to talk about. How are you doing? I'm great. I've got my wife and daughter here. I'm in the brightest room in my house in the kitchen. So uh, we're going to I'm probably going to eat. I might even eat a little dinner. I'll try not to get in the mic too much, but, uh, but I'm doing great. Perfect. Good, tell good. tell Brie, I, I said hi. I mean, I only met her once or twice, but and Coraline back there. That's awesome. So yeah, yeah, yeah. They say hi. All right, you she, guys, they say hello. She's oh, busy hi. being a mom, but <laughs> every time you come on, I always remind you. I met you guys. You're staying down here in studio, and last time you're like, "Oh yeah, the smells, the light, <laughs> it's <was> wonderful." <laughs> um, so welcome back, man. You've been doing so much um, of everything in disc golf, but also, as you've mentioned many times, being a father now uh, and a husband, and going through the pandemic. A lot has changed. To you, if I was just to say, like, go back pre-pandemic, how much has changed? Like, what? how would you describe the change from, like, pre till now? Um, I'd say that the, obviously, you know, the game of disc golf has changed quite a bit in, in terms of just the professional game and, like, how many people in general play disc golf now. So that's gotten pretty crazy and pretty different in terms of, like, my experience as far as, like, how many firebirds can sell or how, or how, you know, what it means to be a professional disc golfer has changed a little bit, I think since mm -hmm. before the pandemic, I guess. But as, as far as for me, I feel like things are kind of getting back to a little more normal where I can get out to the tournaments I want to get out to. And obviously I just have more balls in the air these days than I did when I was 25, but that's just part of life. And uh, overall, I, you know, I'm, I'm in a great spot. So you said 25. How old are you now? Uh, I'm 37. Okay. Yeah, we're, okay. We're the same age. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> juggling a lot more balls. Do you feel like the amount of events that you're competing in is going to, it, to, from my perspective, it seems like less. Is that like the plan? Like, is that how you tend to go forward? Yeah, pretty, pretty close. I mean, I'd love to play a little bit more, but, um, but there's, I don't ever see a, a reality where I could be like, going the rv route you know and like driving stop to stop that just doesn't it doesn't make sense for me at this point um so i would i would hope for about a ceiling somewhere around 15 tournaments would be would be really good for me i think and and like the lower end would be like 11 or 12 but i'm i'm hopeful that i can get to about 15 
uh, of the of the bigger tournaments. Now, now that the yeah, go ahead, Nick. Pro Tour is kind of switched into this whole playoff series and everything like that. Are you focused on kind of making the playoffs in the Pro Tour Championships, or are you more so just still trying to get out to the events that you've gone to for years and the ones that you like, the World Championships, USCGC, stuff like that? Or are you still yeah. trying to push for that if you can within those 15 events to make the playoffs and all that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, making the playoffs would be fantastic. The The playoffs was a new thing this year. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately for, for me, being from the West Coast and having family, the, the whole playoff thing kind of like eliminated me just by the fact that I would have had to spend five straight weeks on the East Coast at the end of the year, considering mm-hmm. the USDGC and the finals and the two mandatory playoff tournaments. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of like just sort of decided to do them from Bend and, and do the commentary for them because I wasn't really feeling like it was going to be possible for me to be out there that long. But if the playoff uh, format changes a little bit or maybe there's just one playoff event late in the year, I mean, I would love to play in the championship. I'll say that to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's just a tricky thing to um, – if, if it's going to be similar where it's like playoff, playoff, week off, USDGC – championship like that's that's a pretty brutal uh run for me yeah. uh to be on the east coast that whole time mm-hmm. mm. so you mentioned like you know 15 ish events or whatever but like are you counting in like events as like when you go and do commentary for live coverage no okay so what do you think like you're thinking there's a good handful more of events that you're actually participating in just not as a competitor uh wait no, like as in like I'm com- commentary so like when you do live coverage like you're yeah i wouldn't count that that's not me i'm not counting that okay. as, as an event okay how many did i play last year you guys got my stats evan can pull it up yeah. let's go to four up evan's sitting here oh i got him with 10 wow i don't know why four wow. Wow. Little visual underwater <laughs> well you guys can hear me still if we if we do the three up one but yeah yeah you, you played in you played in 10 this year 10 yeah so 15 would be great mm-hmm are there any events that you really miss this year besides for, I I mean, I know there's a couple of them, but like, what's an event that you miss this year that next year you're like, yeah, I'm definitely, I, I got to get back to that one. Well, I mean, I know you guys, you guys know that I love playing at Maple Hill. I would love to do that one. I don't know that, I, I assume it's going to be a playoff again. I haven't yeah. totally dug into the schedule. I should have by now already, but I've been just kind of kicking back. But uh, so that, that throws that into question a little bit, but uh, I would love to play there uh, sooner rather than later. Also, European Open, anything over in Europe, it's been a couple of years. Okay. Um, Nate, you probably answer a lot of these questions all over the place, but like the Sexton Collector Market it gets brought up often. Um, but I think since the last time I've seen you or talked to you, like you've made social posts. This might have even been a year or two ago. You're like, uh, I'm pretty much set for life because of the sex and disc like sales. Um, <laughs> and so like, that's awesome to hear. But then I guess the second part, like maybe you can just react to that and maybe elaborate on that a little bit. But the second part might be like, is the Sexton like collector market with the discs kind of dissipating? Well, I'll say, I'll say, I don't keep my finger on the pulse of it too much, but I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if it's, if it's on the downside, just like my career, you know, like it's like, I'm not a, you know, I got no illusions about my age and and my standing in the sport and that's okay with me. You know, like I'm closer to the end than the beginning for sure. And probably the collector market follows that same arc in some way. Uh, But I think there's still a lot of people that are pretty excited about them. And I think we're still really excited, you know, as far as we got the 10 year anniversary, Sex and Firebird kind of on the horizon. I think that's 2024. 
So uh, that's going to be kind of cool to be able to say that there's been 10 years and it's been yeah. a disc that's been super popular and super successful for a really long time. Wow. Yeah. So when you make special releases, I guess that's kind of where I'm coming from is in we don't need inside scoops, but like this last because I started collecting too, Nate. <laughs> I've thrown sure. some nice I've thrown some nice ones in the water and never got them back. But like, so yeah, I, I grabbed a handful of these most recent ones and they are now and you don't need me to tell you this, but they're selling at retail more or less. Now, when I say retail, I mean, you're still talking a lot of places retail are selling 30 bucks, but the point is, yeah. They're, so there's, there's still a, 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 an expensive disc, if you will, off the shelf, but there were sure. so many, we're not seeing the $300 prices and the hundred dollar prices. And I guess this is a good thing. Is it a good thing for you? Is it a good thing for you that now there's so many out there as opposed to such a collector market? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, without a question. Uh, the collector thing is funny, you know, it's like, it's awesome. But it, like, the only reason those ones are worth so much money is because there aren't very many of them, obviously. <laughs> and because, the, and because now there are a lot and people are fans of me or fans of the disc or whatever you want to call it. But, you know, they were there to be had in 2015, as many as you wanted, you know, they weren't, it wasn't <laughs> like they were selling out immediately at the beginning. So uh, it's a it's a funny phenomenon, but no, uh, without a doubt, uh, for me personally, supply meeting demand is necessary and a very good thing. Uh, mm -hmm. And the collector market is fun and interesting, but not really affecting my livelihood. Any you know, I, I'm not involved in the secondary market, you know, except rarely when I'm actually personally selling a disc, which is just every, you know, it's pretty rare. Mm -hmm. yeah, so uh, definitely uh, the the best. Uh, it's one of the better things that's ever happened to me uh, career wise. When you know twenty twenty one and them and them making so many discs and and rising up to meet what was a huge demand. Absolutely, they just kept coming. And and, and do you have a McLaren in your garage yet, or that's not an aspiration of yours? I know I got I don't need that I don't need the McLaren but I did get that electric truck and I'm waiting for a race wow. from Paul I think it's going to be pretty close wow tell us about the truck real quick I don't think I saw that it's a it's called a Rivian R1T it's a, a all-electric um, pickup truck it's pretty fun um, I think if I if I throw her in sport mode I think it's 835 horsepower Wow. So it's not uh, messing around. It's definitely pretty quick, uh, but it's been really fun to drive it around and um, and use it for some truck stuff, too. You know, moving some furniture and taking a bunch of cardboard down to the recycling. And, you know, I'm not I'm not hitting any jumps or anything, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm definitely enjoying having it. And it's a direct result of Sexton Firebirds. That's for sure. Wow. Nice. Very cool. So we kind of were talking about, you said you're more towards the end of your career than you are at the beginning of your career. Now talk to us a little bit. What's an off season look like for you at this point? Um, not playing as many events as a lot of the other pros are playing. And then also what has kind of just built this consistency over your whole career? I mean, longest active cash streak in the world and then consistently just still playing at a top level. You've won majors, you've won an elite series or multiple elite series events. So just kind of talk to us, where did this consistency build up from? Man, it's hard to know. Um, I, you know, my off season is right now has been pretty uh, low on disc golf, but by design, you know, I'm like, I'm not playing a whole lot. I'm letting a couple little injuries sort of resolve themselves. And then I was planning on kind of getting back to throwing right around December 1st. 
So then I'm going to be uh, getting after it and playing more casual golf and just kind of putting practice and whatever else you need to kind of get myself ready. But as far as like, where did the consistency come from? Um, I think some of it is like a style of play thing where I sort of push back, as you guys know, against like being called a safe player exactly, but I certainly could play crazier. Right. And, <laughs> and that, that kind of like is the, is the pendulum that swings, you know, consistency versus like 1100 go for everything mentality. Mm-hmm. So I think I fall closer on the side to consistency than a lot of the people that I play against. So that's part of it. I also think uh, that my forehand is maybe one of the most accurate shots across the board in disc golf thrown by any player, any style, like in terms of hitting gaps and landing where I want it to land. Mm -hmm. I think I'd put myself against almost anybody under 400 feet, you know, in terms of how many times out of 10 can you hit the landing zone you want to land. So I think that that shot has been able to really give me a lot of success and, and just, you know, hitting a lot of fairways, avoiding a lot of out of bounds and then putting well enough to get by, you know, I, I don't really think of myself as an incredible putter, but I'm solid enough certainly to, uh, to get the job done. Yeah. The stats are, cr- Evan, do you have any stats that are just like already set for Nate here or no? Like, just like the impressiveness of like how long he's been like, is it, didn't we see one recently, like majors or something? Yeah. Well, what is it? Six straight majors in the top 10. Yeah. And then, six top tens in a row. I've, I've realized. Yeah. And then 10 out of the last 14 majors in the top 10. Uh, yeah. Um, I think it might even be, I think it was 14 out of the last 17. Oh yeah. Nice. Uh, look at that. Um, <laughs> the last time you missed cash was 2008 at any event um you have not missed cash ever at an elite series or major in your career um that's over 100 113 because that's what your cash streak is at elite series and majors um yeah the last time you missed cash was at the stump town new year's classic if i have it right yeah um, that's right my man dion <laughs> cashed he my earned 15 dollars so yeah i was what i think i was like a shot away from taking home like four dollars that day <laughs> I yeah, made one more uh, shot. There was a four-way tie for sixth place, and they each earned four dollars. So yeah, see, yeah, if only. it haunts me still. <laughs> that's hilarious, actually. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, so, man, you had a very, for all intents and purposes, successful podcast. What happened? Boy, it wasn't great. Uh, I've I've told this story on a, on a couple little podcasts so far, but. Um, Man, I'll give you the quick. I'll give you the quick version because mm-hmm. I don't want to bog down into it because I don't like talking about it because it wasn't fun. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was like, we were doing, we were doing fine. Jarrett, my co-host, he, we were making the podcast. We made like thirty-five episodes, something like that. We were kind of like waning as far as like frequency, and that was partially because I was sort of like, hey, man, it's the season. I don't want to do this. It was the honeymoon period was over mm. for me as far as mm-hmm. like how excited I was to produce more shows. And I'd kind of interviewed the people that I really wanted to interview. So now we're kind of like getting to a point where you're like trying to figure out where to go next. Uh, I was like saying to Jarrett, hey, man, maybe we'll pick this up after the season. I don't really want to like hunt down guests right now. Everyone's busy. Everyone's trying to play. Then I got a couple emails that were like, hey, can we get a refund? We paid for sponsorship a while ago. And I was like, oh, you did? Like I didn't handle any of the money. I guess I should say that out up front, which was a little bit naive. 
but Jer- but that was by design too because I didn't want to do any of that. I didn't. I hardly even wanted to do a podcast. If I'm being totally honest, <laughs> I want. I was willing to do it if he was going to shoulder all of that, mm-hmm. you know, and do and do the sponsorship part and do the produ- production and all. I got to do is hand- get a guest and show up and do my thing. So well, that was all going fine. Then I got a couple emails that were like, "Hey, can we've been trying to get a hold of Jared? We can't get a hold of him. Can we get a refund?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm sure you can. Let me handle this." So I like try to um, message him and and got some sort of like not really a very consistent reply, and it was I wasn't sure what was going on. Uh, and then then I kind of stopped hearing from him, and I was like, "No, this isn't good. I don't know what's happening." And then I got a uh, um, a message on Instagram that was like a screenshot from the the previous day that was like stoked to be joining the team with Nate with you, man. It was messages from Jarrett like, Hey, will you send this money to sponsor our show? And this had happened the day before. And we hadn't recorded an episode in months and we didn't have plans to record an episode imminently at all. Mm -hmm. So then I was like, Whoa. And then I made, that's when I made a post that said, Hey guys, I don't know what's going on, but everyone needs to like stop dealing with this guy. I don't know what's going on. Then uh, a little while later, I got a message from him that was like, you, you son of a bee and all this, like, I can't believe you dragged me through the mud and why I was in the hospital. My apartment burned down. I tried, you know, all this stuff, my family. And I don't know, it was crazy, right? I'm having the worst time of my life. And I was like, wow, that's terrible. But you know, you got to communicate with me and everyone else, but what's going on? I hope you're all right. You know, it was kind of my sense. So then um, we're, I'm trying to get all these refunds figured out. I'm trying to figure out how many companies are out there in the ether that have paid money to be sponsoring my show that I'm not aware of. Mm. So eventually figure out it's like $15,000 across a bunch of companies. And I get eventually I get Jared on the phone and we talk for like 45 minutes and he's telling me, yeah, man, I'm, I regret all this. It was terrible. Somebody else was running my Instagram while I was in the hospital it was all this terrible stuff. Like his, this person claiming to be his stepdad is messaging me. It was weird. You know, some of it, I think is certainly some kind of scam or being sneaky, but at the same time, they don't have a dollar of my money. Right. So it's kind of a weird mm-hmm. reason to like take me down this crazy path with all these stories, but who knows? Anyway, uh, he says he's going to pay it all back. He's going to figure it out. His stepdad's going to help him, you know, and I'm like trying to tell him, okay, we need to email all these companies. We need to get be for like proactive with our communication here we got to make this right because this is on my name even though it's you doing it it's my brand it's my name uh then i basically never heard from him again after that Hmm. and so eventually i just paid all the companies back uh at least the ones that that wanted to be paid back some of them were like hey man it's cool we both got scammed you're good we don't want your money and other ones which i totally get and other ones needed money and that's okay with me you know Mm -hmm. i'm lucky to be in a position where i could pay it so i just ended up paying about eight or $10,000 out of my own pocket to make things right with all these people. And it left a pretty sour taste in my mouth, obviously. And I kind of hope I, and I, I don't know. I mean, I thought about legal action, but then I just thought, I don't even know where this guy lives. Mm-hmm. I very pretty confident he has no money. And I just kind of never want to hear from him or see him again. And I'm just over it. So that's just mm-hmm. the way I did it. And uh, I don't care about him at all. Or, or I hope I never hear from him again. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not pursuing uh, right. getting that money back. Right. Hey, we're looking for a fifth seat on the Nick and match. No, <laughs> well, I'm not kidding. If you said yes, I mean, but no, it's fun. the funny we thing, wouldn't say no. Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is as you're describing, like, you know, the grind of a show and all that, like we've experienced that in the Nick and Matt show. It's like, you do it at first, yeah, you get course. all the interviews in. I've interviewed you a few times and you're like, what are we doing next week? And the next week? Yeah, it is a grind. Yep. 
Yeah. People yes. think you sit down with a microphone and you just talk and that's what you do, but you got to prep for it. And Nate, I think you're one of the more prepared people when it came to a podcast, like you, like you were ready to go, had your questions, did your research. And I, th I think you did a great job with that. Sorry to hear how that one turned out. Um, but for what it was worth, and I think you know this, you as a brand, people loved it. We're seeing it in our live chat even right now. They they loved it and they miss it. But but that's you yeah. Know. I mean, I, I I'm proud of the the shows we made. Um, it's sad. I don't know what happened with Jarrett. I would mm -hmm. like to believe that he just ran into the worst circumstances ever and right and you know turned to a life of crime basically, mm -hmm. which yeah. is sad. But uh, you know, I hope he. I, I don't. I don't. I'm not at a point where I'm trying to wish ill on anybody. It sucks that it went down that way. I, he was obviously super unprofessional and stole a lot of money, which sucks. But um, I think all the companies are good now. And uh, yeah, I mean, I hope the I hope the shows are still up there and people can listen mm. to them sometime. But mm -hmm. uh, certainly that show will never come back. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's yeah. that's finalizing it for people in the chat. They're like, I guess it's not coming back. And <laughs> it is yeah. not coming Jar back. Jarrett actually, and not again, not to make this about him or anything else, but Jarrett actually reached out to me numerous times and was just chatting uh, what the future of the sport might be. And so it was interesting. He, was a, he said he was a fan of our show. Interesting, at the very least, the story and how it went down. I just felt like I had never heard the full thing, and you just sharing it was awesome, I think, for our fans yeah, and our man. fans to hear. So It was a tough thing. Like, I didn't really know what to do. I, I didn't really yeah. want to – like, he's, apparently his family was dealing with a lot of, like, messages and stuff from, from people that are, like, mm. my fans going, like, you know, like, yeah. trying to help me, which I get. But at the same time, I didn't want to – drag anybody into this whole thing and and then i i don't know man it just mm -hmm. like it wasn't it just felt like i just was losing sleep over the whole thing and mm. i just wanted to be done with it i didn't just yeah. i didn't even want to stir the pot anymore like it's just was so frustrating and was so disappointing and and i was just and i'm still done with it like mm -hmm. i'm not i'm not trying to mm -hmm dig it up anymore than well than we're done already has. we're done asking mm -hmm. you about it <laughs> so th thanks for yeah. your answer yeah well, I guess kind of completely flipping the script on it. I mean, you know, back in the day, you used to travel with Paul out on the road. And both of you guys have found just such major success in your careers. Now, when you first started kind of getting into the professional scene of disc golf, did you ever imagine where kind of like both of your careers would end up or like just your career in specific of the life you're able to live now, the things that you were able to have? I mean, did you ever envision it exploding the way that it kind of has in the sport going the way that it has? No. Uh, and doubly double no for me, single no for Paul. Cause mm -hmm. I mean, I could see it. I could see it happening for Paul a lot easier than I could see it happening for me because he was a lot younger and a lot better. And so when I remember, you know, meeting him and, and watching him rise through the ranks, uh, and then winning those worlds, you know, at the time that we were traveling together, he was like three time defending world mm -hmm. champion, you know? So it's like, you could kind of see maybe, some of it happening for him, not like what has happened, but definitely not for me. I never thought uh, that I would find the success I have. Um, I thought maybe as a, as a player, sure, I thought mm -hmm. I could win some tournaments. Mm -hmm. And I thought that I could pay my rent. And I thought that I could make a little money and have a and have a great time in my 20s. It's kind mm -hmm. of like where I was at it was like, you know, I, I think knowing that my wife is such a driven person and was like on the path to becoming a doctor from as long as I've known her since back in high school, um, freed me up to be like, Hey, if I can keep us floating, it's okay. If I don't 
put money away for retirement or it's okay if I'm not, you know, doing all this stuff right now as I was like 26 and 27 years old and trying to, you know, make my way. And it was just kind of like, I'm chasing this dream and seeing what's happening, you know, but I never thought, oh man, if I keep my, keep going at this, I'll, I'll end up, you know, being able to put money away or, or you know, whatever and, and be, be by all accounts successful, you know, yeah. in that, in, in a financial sense anyway. And uh, no, so I did, I, in, a, in, a, in a word, I did not see it coming. I did not expect it. And I, can't really believe it when i think about it yeah um all right we're i said this i think last time you're on the show i was like dude i see you as like the the most mature touring player there was at at the time (laughs) and probably still like i just i viewed you that way and i think there's that comes with a lot of respect from me like i feel like towards you is like we needed you in disc golf we still do you're a great figure i feel like when you do the commentary when you're doing live commentary and i know you you probably hear this a lot but i think it is absolutely it's incredible i just think it's the person we need in that seat and nate doss does great too but i mean long story short you've done a lot for the sport you've seen a lot in your time um you've are you still straddling like between like jomez and dgn yeah definitely um i i am thankful to uh dgn for being flexible and, and expressing their, uh, desire to have me on the air, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's kind of been at this point, it's been sort of like a, all I got to do is pick up the phone situation Mm -hmm. where it's like, if I want to do, if I want to work with them, they're always happy to have me. And I can just kind of show up, uh, you know, I could call and say, Hey, I want to be in the, in the booth for this. And they're always pretty accommodating, Mm -hmm. but Joe is obviously my, my, uh, primary, uh, commentary gig. I would say, I still view it that way. Uh, because those are the guys that I've known for a long time and, and worked with for a long time. And obviously I, you know, did some stuff with central coast even prior to Jomez, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, commentary is fun. I, I enjoy it. I'm, I'm a talkative person. Uh, and when I got the opportunity to start doing that, it was pretty natural and speaking is, is pretty easy and natural for me. So I always kind of get a little chuckle, uh, in the back of my mind when people are like, man, you've done so much for the sport. And I'm like, yeah, I guess, but I, you know, a lot of it I got paid for, you know what I mean? Like at the beginning, we didn't get paid for commentary at all. It was just fun, but it was also growing my brand, you know? So it's like, I think that was invaluable. Not that I, again, not that I saw it coming, but the, I think that was invaluable to like people feeling like they know, me personally in a way that made them want to buy a sex and firebird in a way that they maybe don't feel like they know Paul personally, or, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like just being able to joke around and talk and, and be myself <laughs> and be on camera. And I, I think that did a lot for people being like, yeah, I really like that guy. I root for that guy. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't planned, but it worked out great. And yeah, I mean, I, I guess I just don't see it that way. I know I'm, I've, disc golf has given me a lot and I've given a lot of my time and my energy and my passion to disc golf, but it's a two way street. And I, I never really see it as like, wow, good thing I was here. And, and I just <laughs> broke my back for this game. You know, yeah. Cause I, I've yeah. obviously gotten a lot back. It, yeah. Isn't it, you're making me think out loud here and, and I'm not going to pat myself on the back, but like if I was to gain a, a 500,000 followers and they got to know me very well. They might, they might say that same thing, knowing what I've invested over the years, but sure. it, and I'm saying that just as a comparison to what you're talking about, I think you have done a lot, 
but it's the fact that so many people know who you are that it just lends to saying, look what everything Nate's done. But I, I still think it's true. But to your point, there's probably a lot of others out there who are doing it as well, of course. Yeah, yeah. I guess maybe the difference that I can see is there's some guys, and, and it's just a different skill set. There's some guys that just want to play. Mm-hmm. And they just want to practice and they just want to play and compete. And I'm not that guy. I, I like I like having a, a, a lot of balls in the air in a way and, and being able to spread my talents through different things and be like staying busy, I guess, you know, where I go out on the road and I'm like, yeah, I will get up early and do this or do that. And I, I say yes to a lot of things, you know, when it's like there's an opportunity to do commentary for USDGC, just like DGN said, hey, we're going to do post-produce. Will you? Will you wake up early in the morning and do that? I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, sure. <laughs> you know, and I think there's other players that are like, no, I'm trying to win and I can't be doing that. You know, mm-hmm. but I get up early. I wake up early regardless. So it's like, yeah. I feel like I, I like filling my time. Well, I think one of the things that we were talking about earlier on the podcast was people building their brands in specific ways. One of the biggest things right now is apparel in the industry. Paul recently dropping two new lines of apparel. So we were kind of talking about that. And I think a lot of players have just built their brand differently. I think you know, you and Coling have, especially you have just built this massive brand when it comes to the commentary side of things, where I would say you're one of the most likable people on the disc golf network broadcast. And then also when it comes to Jomez, I mean, what is Jomez commentary without, you know, the big sexy commentary in a sense. So it's just really cool to see the different avenues. You know, you're talking about all the balls that are up in the air, just the different avenues that players have taken to build the brand. Sure. And yours is a unique one. And it's funny because building your brand this way, you know, it helps to have led into the massive amount of firebirds sold when it wasn't, yeah. you know, just one of the areas that that happened like that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Okay. So we're not going to keep you forever, but we do have you. I think you played with this uh, before. We have a game stat or fiction. We'll get into that real quick here in just a minute. But I wanted to ask just as someone who's been around disc golf for a while, you're really heavily involved. The PDGA say what you want, good, bad, or indifferent, but I'm interested in your perspective. Like, do you have any perspective right now on the health of the PDGA? We have record numbers of members, but we also seem to have this weird like thing going on where a lot of people don't understand necessarily how it works either. And so you have like this back and forth of who's running what, like, what do you, what's your perspective on the health of the PDGA? Uh, I would hope that the PDGA is healthy, but I think it's an, it's a new era now where they're not the only game in town uh, with the DGPT becoming a a corporate entity right Mm -hmm. and owning the tour and owning the media and so there's sort of like uh you could go a couple weeks without really seeing much or hearing much from the pdj if you're following professional disc golf because the tour is not directly under their control anymore Mm -hmm. and so i think that sometimes people can kind of then think oh they're not doing anything i think they are uh, and I think their communication with the DGPT is continuing to hopefully improve. And there's got to be some give and take there in terms of like rules and flexibility and and everything. But I think the PDJ in general, I hope is healthy. I think they're, you know, probably running record numbers of tournaments, record, you said record numbers of uh, members. Mm-hmm. And I hope that they continue to coexist with the DGPT uh, as as smoothly as possible. Yeah, I, I mean, I hate to say I have insiders, but like just being able to text people every now and then and they're in some ways they're getting lambasted lately because of, you know, different different opinions about what should or shouldn't happen during competition. I, I think yeah. 
it's it's an interesting place when you have it's a membership driven organization um and they're on the inside being like well what do we do and i just feel like from my perspective i'd love to see a lot more just pr like hey we're working on these exact things that everyone's talking about and we will get you this information but it's like so much right now i don't we don't hear like almost anything from them and that's just yeah kind of transparency is transparency is almost always good i think yeah. you know especially member driven you know like yeah. It, the more communication and the more understanding people have of what's going on in the day to day and what the goals are and what the challenges are, the easier it is to see their side and and to also give input if you can think of a better way to do things. Mm -hmm. Did you did you take that survey, Nate, that they sent out? Yes. Okay. It was it was kind of interesting for sure. Um, just all that surrounded it but that happening i mean it's a it's a large membership it, and we find out that maybe that wasn't actually requested by the pdga but we'll see what happens with it one day. yeah yeah i haven't followed that super closely but some of the questions were a bit odd i will say that yeah <laughs> that's all i wanted to hear i would say so <laughs> a bit odd yeah but uh cool yeah. um do you have do you have like you. seven minutes for a game of stat or fiction yeah man bring right. it on I have one last quick question. Mm -hmm. Just yeah. follow up just kind of to the disc golf things. Cause I think a lot of people want to know, you know, let's say when you've taken yourself and let's say retired from the tour of just mm -hmm. not going out to nearly as many events, like you still may go out to the majors and stuff like that. Do you consider yourself moving into, let's say that weekend warrior, you know, a lot of Washington or Oregon B tiers, A tier stuff like that. No, I already did like, that. I well, did that you, for 10 years. Okay, so do you feel like after your career on the pro tour is out, are you kind of like slowly going to fizzle out of playing tournaments in a sense? Um, I don't know. I think, I mean, certainly I hope to play some local tournaments, but mm -hmm. Weekend Warriors are a little strong, I, yeah. I guess. But uh, yeah, yeah. And then I, and I hope to compete some in the age protected. That sounds fun. Okay. Mm, but gotcha. no, I, I think I would, I would like to, I've always sort of desired uh, a little bit of a clean break even though disc golf is kind of funny where you don't have like a, a, I mean, I think we're getting into the area where you see a real retirement. Like I think we just saw yeah. Seppo Payo retire, mm. uh, you know, and it, it, I, I don't want to stop playing tournaments ever, but mm -hmm. I do sort of desire just the competitor in me sort of desires there being able to be a time where it's set where I kind of go, Hey, everybody, this has been amazing. Just so you all know, I'm not trying my hardest. And if I get bad <laughs> at this, that's why you know what i mean like yeah. there's this i don't want to have this like fizzle out where it's yeah. like and it feels like you're like clawing at the cliff yeah. like i'm getting old we just slowly just see seems, the decline of the it career. just looks it just yeah. feels pathetic to me yeah. in a way so yeah. i guess i see that someday there'll be a time when there's no more sexton signature discs mm -hmm. and and i won't be trying to win tournaments and winning tournaments is hard but mm -hmm. i don't really want to like just fizzle into like taking 80th like yeah. And that's inevitable, you know, time comes for everybody and, and it, and it's hard to stay competitive forever. So, but, so I guess I, that's how I would see it happening is yeah. that at some point you'll see me make an Instagram post, hopefully in a while. That's kind of <laughs> like, uh, Hey guys, this has been an incredible ride, but, yeah. but this is me telling you that I am not trying to win at the elite level anymore. Mm -hmm. And I've loved this whole thing, but it's like, you know, I, I think you guys get what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. I don't yes. want it to, I don't want it to yeah. be this like three or four years of like just fading away and struggling. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, that seems like a sad way to end uh, a pretty successful run.
I'm thinking of, was it Brett Favre? And I don't know if you're in NFL at all, but like he just, he held on too long and he just kept <laughs> like, I'll just rejoin this new team in this next sure. season. It was yeah, just like, sure. dude, be done. <laughs> hang them up, yeah. hang up the cleats. So yeah. that will come. That yeah. will come. Yeah. But, I, but, I, but no, I mean, I'll always play tournaments. I'm, I'm not cool. trying to step away from the game in like a final way or anything cool. like that. I, I, I love playing. I love the community of disc golf. And, and I hope to be uh, playing in the age protected divisions once I'm ed- eligible. Wow. It's so cool, Sweet. man. So cool. Um, all right. Let's get into it. Stat Mando presents this segment. Stat or fiction? We got Evan, the main seat here. He's going to give us a stat, or maybe it's a fiction, but he's going to give us a statement, and we have to decide. I'll let you take it away, Evan. All right. Yeah. Uh, if it if you think the statement is true, it is a stat. If you think it is false and made up, it is fiction. Uh, so I'll get right into it. Um, one of the ten events you played this year was Ledgestone. You finished twentieth, earned over a thousand dollars. Incredibly good finish. Um, that Northwood has some hard holes there. So diving into two specifically, uh, holes 12 and 14, you played, uh, them each twice. So four total times you took a six, uh, each time they're both par fives. Uh, so four bogeys with a total score of 24. The stat or fiction is Nate Sexton scored better than the average for the entire MPO field on those four holes combined. So even though that Nate Sexton did, Bogey them each time, single bogey, 24 total strokes. Combined, it was better than the MPO average through the both stat. He says stat, and I'm <laughs> just going to put it out there. I was saying stat in my head because I'm like, people were definitely worse than bogey on average there. What do you think, Nick? Yeah, but then someone could have been better than bogey average. Well, right. certainly well, someone was, but the field. We're talking about the field. Average. Oh, so the whole field. Okay, so. All right. So how did the whole play at the tournament, Nick? Gotcha, gotcha. All right, I'll say stat. Okay. All right, so three stats. Waiting on you, Ben. Yeah, Ben, we got to put up the stat stat tag. Oh, my goodness. I didn't You're hear, way behind. I didn't hear Boom. three stats. All I only heard stat. My eyes my man's intern, joining the chat. Intern Ben has itchy eyes, he my says. My eyes itchy. All right, yeah. here we go. That's well, weird. One thing to remember, everyone knows hole 12 <laughs> averaging uh, over six and over a, a stroke over par, but hole 14 does not but it still is a stat. Um, the field averaged 24.22, just barely over that, uh, let's say, bogey par, uh, Mark. Um, See, here's what I, I knew it would be close, but I knew you guys wouldn't just bring me up here and go, <laughs> no, nah, he's bad. So I knew it would be stat. <laughs> he did worse oh, than the only. field. <laughs> I don't shy away from making people look bad. Oh, but on the um, first question, nah, you wouldn't do it on the first I, question. That's Maybe what this I was going to say. Yep. Evan, <laughs> Maybe this one. That was a clear stat before you even said the question. We know how to All play right. this game, Evan. Okay, so, now, now, uh, now, Nate, sit tight on this one, because if it's about you again, we're going to let Nick go first. Okay. <laughs> and, and first of all, thanks, Doug, for getting to me that first one. This wasn't even my question, guys. Oh, oh, um, oh shout out to the Stat Mando team. Satellites. Exactly. Uh, number two, uh, we talked about Nate Sexton's elite series and major cast streak currently sitting at 113, the highest active streak, 113, just the number is greater than the total numbers of total number, excuse me, of birdies or better for Nick Carl in the 2022 <laughs> elite <laughs> and major season. Why would so you do that to me? 113 and major. 
Yes, 113 oh. is Dude, greater like than the total number right now. Of how many tournaments did you play, Nick? Uh oh! How, for how long is this? The elite and majors. Twenty twenty two elite and majors. He played three hundred and sixty holes. Oh, all right. Play three hundred sixty holes. So if like I have greater than one hundred thirteen birdies, then it's a stat or a fiction. Uh, one hundred thirteen is greater. So if you say stat, you're saying you had less than one hundred thirteen okay. or stat. equal to. Nick, I'll say stat. You gotta believe. Nick had less than one hundred thirteen. I'm so no, stat. I. I, I Oh, I'll stop. Yeah, for sure. The horses are so hard. Well, <laughs> oh, they're ridiculous sometimes. Sad, and sad, sad. That's like 30, that's 30 plus percent birdies. That's pretty good. Evan, I was top 10 in like par percentage, wasn't I? And then yeah, we, made you the, were. we made the joke that it was like, um, it was who are the safe players on tour? And it had me at like number 10. And I literally yeah, tweeted you back. Were and I was just like, Sexton. <laughs> I was like, I'm not trying to be safe. Oh. I just can't reach these holes. They're too hard. Like, Nick's more. Nick's like a 25% birdie kind of guy. Yeah, exactly. But, I'm just a 75% bogey kind of guy along with it. <laughs> yeah, so I actually, oh, I lost the data because I, I ran something else, but I do have the total number of uh, birdies are better. Uh, it is 96, so this is a say, stat. I don't, wow. I don't know oh, if I, I want to know these. I did put it in here. You're at 27% or 4.8 uh, birdies are better per 18. Nick had 96 birdies. 96 birdies on the year. Birdies Nick, are better. I would believe it's just birdies. I mean, that's, Dude, out of 360 holes, that's horrible. 20, 27%. I, don't, I wouldn't and, call that horrible. It's this. not Macbeth numbers. Well, I mean, my best, my best obviously was round one at Waco. I had 10 birdies the first round and two Dude, birdies. Yeah, I remember that you killed that. Yeah, and that was like... <laughs> That was crazy because a lot, a lot of the courses nowadays on the tour are just, they're ridiculously hard to consistently get birdies on them. And so going to a place like Waco where, you know, a lot of players could shoot well on it. It was just a good day. Um, but yeah, 10 birdies. I, I would be very curious if I ever like come close to that again. Believe. You gotta believe I mean, in yourself. That's a plan. Obviously, I want to, but that, yeah, that you was can just... definitely do that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, not with that attitude. <laughs> yeah. Oh, one round at Maple. I had, I had eight birdies one year at Maple, so I could have shot eight down, but then I ended up shooting even because I think I had a double and like seven bogeys because I was running everything. It was just, oh. it was a fun round. Yeah, story of my life. Get eight birdies, but get <laughs> yeah. even. I just watched. Uh, it's way behind, but I just watched Simon's USDGC experience vlog that he did. And I don't think I followed it that closely. I didn't remember, but like he shot like eight over in the last two holes on like round three. And I'm like, Oh, oh that is just like, that's ruins it. So oh, yeah, that's all right. Number all three, right. moving into stat or fiction. Number three. Um, so Nate Sexton is one of the players to have 20 plus elite major elite series or major starts and a hundred percent cast percentage. Of all the players with 20 or more elite series and major starts and 100% cast percentage, Nate Sexton has the worst average finish at elite series and majors. This is intricate. <laughs> this one seems a little intricate to me. Yeah. So they have to have at least 20 starts, as you're saying, and cash. And 100% cash. Okay, so 20 starts, cash, cash at, we're just saying majors or elite and majors? Elite series and majors. This, this whole question is about elite series and majors. Okay. Yeah, that's tricky. And I, I could definitely believe that, that I would have the worst. Because that's a pretty small club, I would think, that has never missed cash at Elite Series or Major. Mm -hmm. For their entire career. Wow. There's not be can't be very many people. 
I'd be curious of the players who have actually done that. Yeah, I don't think it's like Waisaki or, or no, Macbeth. Or, it's not no. Macbeth. He just failed that. Anybody. Yeah. Wow. Um, That's a stat and a question of itself. Who is it? Um, I'll go first, Nick, and then, then Nate. I, I'm going to say... Okay. Dang, would you do this to Sexton on our show? Um, I don't. I don't even think it's. I don't know that it's even a bad thing. I mean, I don't know. Let's um, see. Let's we'll see who the company is. But I mean, if it's like somebody who's no. kind of like a newer, like a like say like a Gannon Burr or something. That's, that's a fact. Yeah. I mean, it's it's fiction. It's fiction. He he he's not the worst. Okay, Nick, you're up. I'm gonna say this is no slight to Nate, but I'm gonna say stat. I'm curious yeah, who I'm, you might think gonna, it is. I'm also gonna I'm also gonna go for stat. Okay, so this is either a win for me or a playoff for you Evan guys. It doesn't we'll hurt people's it feelings. It's easily fiction. What do you think, Evan? Or what is it? All right. This is a stat. Oh man. <laughs> who it now you better have who it is, because that's interesting. Oh. I have who it is. Well, yeah, first of all, once he said Ganon Burr, I'm like, my heart's sunk, and I'm like, oh no, no not another have stat or fiction blunder. No, he does have enough. Yeah, I was say, he he's got enough events. Dude, there was like he's yeah. he's played twenty nine. He missed cash in his first ever. Yeah, uh, I was just Pro guessing somebody that would definitely have me on average finish. Yeah, he has he has cashed every single one since. Um, but we have a tie. So, uh, Wait, first yeah, part of the list? who was it? Well, that's what we're getting into, oh, guys, because oh, we have a tie. Oh, oh. so uh, between Nate and Nick. The first part of the tiebreaker is just going to be one guess. If you can guess one of the people with 20 plus starts and 100% cash percentage, we'll put like 30 seconds on the clock. If oh you have no God. clue, that's okay. And we'll go to a second tiebreaker because this one's hard, but I'm giving <laughs> a chance if you can so, get it right. All right. There's one I, of the I'll people. Say this. Just kind of just like, just, I'll say this. Yeah. I'm in one hint. I 100% know one of the players. Like you, you knew there's, it. There's, there's four total. There's four total. There's there's Nate and three others. Okay, um, I for sure know one uh, one of these players, and I'm very confident that at least Matt, Nick, and Nate know one of these okay. players. The other two, I have no clue. There was four. Like there was you've four. never even heard of them. I've never even heard of them. What? Oh wow! You might have heard of them, but I haven't. I'll, I'll make that. Nate's, Nate's definitely heard what? of them. What? I well, we'll see. If you can name one of them, just if you know it, just say it out loud, guys. It's so I'm naming it a player who has 100% cash rate yep. out of 20 events. 20 starts, yeah. 20 or more starts in Elite Series wow. and Majors. <laughs> we gotta have like some thinking music. I'm intrigued. Um, am, am I just saying. am I just looking to name a player, or am yep, I looking to name, name someone player. who? Yeah, name a player. Name a player. Can we just player get one guess. Yeah, get, one the, well, and then he's gonna give you an guess. easier option. Yes. So one yeah. guess to settle it. You want me to guess first or you, Nate? I'm going to guess Brad Williams. Is there a certain time frame on this? I forget. Like, is no, this within the last forever. two years? It's forever. No, this is forever. You this is 20. just sort of forever. But so you have to have 20 a minimum of 20 majors. Yep. So yeah. think about if you were, you know, in 80s or 90s. Does DNFs not count? Total. Are we considering um, that Miss Cash? Oh, like 90s? Probably. None of these players even have a DNF. Oh, all right. Well, there goes my pick. Oh, Elite. any guess, Nick? Elite Series? I thought that was only GGBT. Uh, that was... Golly. Elite Series and Majors. All right. Yeah, well, I have to pick someone, but well, I just can't think of someone that... You can forfeit that... it. I'll say well, it for no, you. I don't want to forfeit I'll say it for you. Kale Miska. Mine's wrong. Kale missed cash recently. Oh. All right. What's the... What's I was going to say Ken Climo, but he 
DNF'd at USCGC one of the years. Neither so, of them were right, Ben, uh, Evan, yeah. right? Okay, I, I see what you're saying, because if, let me see. <laughs> no, well, this is, lead no, Climo, Climo, okay, I, I will say Climo did miss cash while not DNFing okay. at an event. So okay. um, did, did Nate get it right? Nate did not get it right. Bradley William, his cash percent is actually around 86%, lower than I oh, thought. I'm so far off. I mean, I, uh, all I was thinking was like, well, Dickerson good. and Heimberg and Kale just all recently missed. So Ooh, those would be yeah. like the guys on my, right early Kale. on my Kale was going to be my guess, and then I remember he missed one. And, I was and like, oh, Dickerson crap. and Kyle. Kyle Klein? Nope. I'll, I'll name the person you guys would know. A little bit of an older name, but you definitely know. Jesper Lundmark. Oh, nice. Okay. 21 starts, which that's one hint uh, to the next uh, tiebreaker question. But that's 21 starts, never miss cash. Uh, that includes two major wins if i'm right at least two elite series of majors i believe both of them were majors over in europe cool um there are two other players i do not know their name but the only the only question is uh who has the or how many starts does the um one with the most starts have so over over 21 starts Without so you're just going to guess how many starts the, the one that has most this, Is has. this just who's closest, right? This is settling yeah, who's by closest. just who's closest. Just, just right, to get some no, kind of I'll throw it up. Uh, 41. 40. I mean, that's kind of rude, but I, I mean, I was going to say 47, but you I could just do over. 42. Yeah, you could do 42. 42. And yeah. Well, yeah. Do you think they more or less is kind of the question? I was going to say 47, but I'm going to take 42. Yep. Okay. All right. All right. Nick, you said 41? Yeah. All right, tiebreaker yeah. goes to Nick. Oh, they oh, have dang. 28 starts. Wow, wow. so 113 is kind of good, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yes, kind of really good. Yes, that's one of the several ways to say that's very good. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I'll, I'll say their names and you guys can let me know how obvious they are. But um, Micah Dorius and Walter Haney, nice. Oh. Yeah, I mean, not, I mean, it's not obvious at all. Yeah. You're going, but those are really, really good players. Mm -hmm. um you actually have the lowest top 10 percentage of that group as well um but the because they're only playing 20 tournaments yeah exactly <laughs> he played yeah, 113 i'm just, I'm just saying doing, I'm, doing i have to make you look bad in some way <laughs> you yeah, got the second I, highest I win percentage new age players i was not thinking this was that's 90s. okay all time yeah yeah well, yeah well they're they're playing in a different era largely like they're yeah. they're playing in a field of like Three. 40 actually good what? players and 50 locals and that era that era i played in that era too i missed that but era. i lately my stats have been taking some hits because now i'm yeah. playing no locals yep. yeah so uh if you actually uh, the longest active uh active you know in name uh streaks uh kj naibo is actually fourth with 36 his last oh actually he cashed this year at european open so that would definitely be active nice. but mike adorius is tied with gannon burr with 28 but he has not played an Elite Series of Majors since the 2012 Masters Cup. Walter okay. Haney, his last event was 2007 Hall of Fame Classic, and he's at 27. Well, there you go. Uh, Nick had to, to, Little history. to take down the tiebreaker, and that's how that went. But, Nate. Well done. Yeah, well Thanks, done. To, well done to Nick. Well done to you. I mean, that was really, that was the long way. That, yeah. that was the long version getting around to how great you have been yeah. over the years. So, um, <laughs> Awesome, man. I, we're going to we're going to wrap it up here. You said, you know, you were missing dinner and all that. So I want you to know from the Nick and Matt show from me specifically, we're very appreciative, uh, privileged, honored to have you on the show tonight. 
We watch you out there again. Um, you're doing great things, man. I know you have a, a life like outside of disc golf, like you have like your kid and your wife. So like, <laughs> I know things aren't perfect for you, I'm sure. But like, man, what you're doing here in this community that you've invested so much in is, is awesome. So we appreciate that very much. Thank you for your time. And uh, we hope you have a great evening. Is there, any, is there anything like our shout outs, a thing still for you? Like, or are you all set? Oh, just want to shout out my buddies, Nick and Matt. Uh, they're putting <laughs> on a good show. Uh, and I, and I'm happy to be able to join, but no, man, no, no need. Uh, you know, okay. I'm, I'm excited for next year. I'll say that, mm-hmm. but I, Sweet. I'm looking forward to a good one. Awesome. awesome. We'll have a great off season and enjoy the holidays. Yeah. All right. You guys too. Happy Thanksgiving. All right. See, see you around, man. Nate. All right. See Bye. Peace out. Peace. All right, everybody. Nate Sexton. Um, uh, I have one quick story just cause we were talking cash. You can got me thinking. Um, out at Las Vegas Challenger earlier this year, I mean, way back in March, like eight months ago, or even February, I forget when it ended, uh, Nate's cash league was a little bit in jeopardy. He was definitely below mm-hmm. the cut line for a, a lot of round three. Uh, Las Vegas had a very aggressive cut. I mean, there's not a lot of scoring separation, so everything was crazy close. He was probably like 10 spots outside, slowly works it back. Uh he he ends up like getting it by like two places going into hole 18 and it has an island hole on the factory course. And I mean, he just said earlier that he might be the most accurate player under 400 feet and watching him like step up probably from like 320 uh, uphill, just park the island green with a signature forehand uh, to save his cash streak. And once he puts out literally the first things he said is, I think it's 14 years. He goes, <laughs> I haven't missed cash in 14 years. That's like what he said in like relief. Yeah. He made the cut. He was, uh, I mean, actually technically not guaranteed cash because, um, of tiebreakers, but mm-hmm. was all about guaranteed cash. And that's like, I'm going back and Nick, you'll remember this. And, and Evan, I don't know that you were a Patriots fan for a long time, but, or, or are. Oh, a oh, while. Wow. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Let's bring it on. So when the Patriots had their perfect season and the, the chat and everyone listening oh, right God. now is going to be so happy to relish in the fact that we were like depressed, but like b- a large part of my thought process following the loss in the Super Bowl was like, is it actually a good thing to like be undefeated in the season? Like, is that a good thing? Because yeah. the pressure you go down in freaking history for the rest of time saying pr- that was the undefeated season and you capitalized it with a win. And yes, you obviously, if you win, but like the pressure, so doing it the second time, they have the experience and like Brady and whoever could do it. Well, I they feel won like three Super Bowls before that season. Yeah. No, but I'm talking uh, about not the Super Bowl winning, the extra pressure. And this is my point with like Sexton yeah. always cashing. Like the fact that yeah. he would tap out that putt and go, yes. And I remember I've never missed cash in 14 years. Like that is, it's in your mind. Like the yeah. fact that he's even thinking that, like, that's not, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying you have to have that experience to not have that pressure you. So anyways, yeah. I mean that to get to that point, to get to 113 events, you already need to deal with that pressure and, and being an incredibly good player and being an incredibly good mental player, mm-hmm. um, not letting, you know, a big blow up get to you and being able to bring back your round. I think I, I agree with what you're saying, but also saying getting to that point really signifies that they are good at those things. And so they would continue being good, but it doesn't take away that there is still pressure. No. And you know what? And you just hashing it out a little further. It kind of helped me think through it too, is like the fact that they're just barely, or he was just barely making cash 
in my mindset, I don't care if he's fully thinking about it at that point, because the fact that he was far enough down the leaderboard, it's like, hey, that's what he's fighting for now. Like, yeah, yeah that's all he's focus. fighting for at that yeah. point. Yeah. 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 That's the point. That, we talk about that all the time is yeah. we're going to get bigger fields and maybe introduce cuts at more events. Like right. that is the exciting thing yeah. in round three or round two, whatever round that cuts happen. Mm -hmm. Um, that's, that's the story. I mean, we're not crowning a winner at the end of round three at the Las Vegas challenge or other four round events. Okay. Quick interruption. Shout out Clinton Pippert for the $10 super chat. Whoa. Oh, thank you. Clinton. Great Look interview. Much appreciated. Yeah. Uh, and Clint, okay. Clinton's also statily. He gave me a good Stadler. statter fiction question. It didn't make it. Let me throw it in for a quick second. Um, uh, the, the, uh, big sexy Barry trio of Sexton Coling and Uobari. Obviously, I've played a lot of rounds together. Uh, their first event they played together. Do you guys know who was the winner of those three? Nick Carr. Probably Yuli. Whoa, Chris Brown, nine ninety nine donation. Let's go. <laughs> Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. Love the show. Thank you, Chris. Well, yeah, Yuli Thank was you, the man. Yuli was the winner of that group. Um, they actually all finished. Well, it was 2008, so they're all pretty new or uh, yeah. new to the tour. Let's say they've been playing disc golf for a while. But Yuli finished 37th, Sexton 41st, and Cooling 59th. Okay. Um. So we we recorded later tonight. Not that anybody listening post would know, but this is a later show for us, and we're a couple days out from Thanksgiving. And I'm sure a lot of you do all different things for Thanksgiving, and those of you listening in other parts of the world, you do different things as well. But this time, for us, at least most of us in the U.S., uh, we we like to give thanks at this time on a purposeful level, focusing on the things that we're grateful for. Do that with your friends. Do that with your family. Um, I would be so inclined to say in turn, Ben would be helpful here this week. If you want to say something you're thankful for in disc golf and you at us, we'll reshare it or yes. we'll put it up in a I story will, or something. Yeah. Tag, tag us in the Instagram post stories, sorry, or post, and I'll, I'll share it. We'll fill up our whole story with people thankful for disc golf. We'll make it happen. So please do that. And I would be glad to, to get that shared around. So, um, that's all I got tonight. Nick, Evan, anything else? I think that's good. I think we have some awesome topics coming up in the future. I know one of them that I want to talk about was who is the biggest flop of 2022 when it comes to <laughs> player-wise who you're thinking had an incredible year last year and kind of just flopped it this year. I think we ought to talk about it. Um, just kind of listening to other sports networks. Not that I want to trash on any player because I think to a point, but I like talking stats with Evan especially. Um, we can just statistically talk about who is having – a bad year this year or who had a bad year this year um and then we're also going to talk about who had a great year like who went above and beyond and just really showed their talents this year so i think that's really cool subjects coming up in the future um i posted on twitter if you're not following us i think it's the at nick and matt show one um i posted just a week ago um who's a guest that you would like to see interviewed on our show so if you have twitter go tweet at me that'd be awesome uh gonna be a little bit more involved there during the off season but uh, other than that i think we're chilling the uh, yeah the off season is a thing and as someone talking disc golf we can make up topics to talk about like hey should people wear earbuds while they play or should the, the apparel no. coat dress code be something <laughs> like we've done that all before and we can keep doing yeah. that and we've got yeah. good topics we got stat mando here we're, we're gonna bring you some stuff but an update for next week's episode i it's it's up in the air right now so just stay tuned in our social media i am traveling mm -hmm. for business once again nick will be here. 
Nick, that's Potentially. right. So we'll, we're going to find out what happens. But and then we'll, Evan will be in studio. Wait a second. We no. should have a three-way in studio. <laughs> okay, so stay stay tuned, everybody. That's all. First, I'm, I'm hearing of this, but let's we'll go. We'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Stay tuned. So, All right, cool. happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Nick, you want to close us out? Yeah. Uh, check out DiscariDG.com for some great apparel. We dropped some new stuff. Go check it out. Use code Nick and Matt for 10% off. Don't forget, DiscariDG.com. Shameless plug. You can get cool hats like this. Um, everybody, thank you for tuning in tonight on an awesome Monday night. Sorry we started a little bit later, but I think it was very, very well worth it being able to have Nathan Sexton on the show. Incredible dude, incredible player, definitely one of the coolest people that I've ever met out on the road and just such a humble and nice guy. Um, so thank you for all for tuning in. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe on the video. We've only got 44 likes, but there's 200 people watching it right now. Go ahead and get that thumbs up button to click really quick. Um, subscribe to the channel. We've had a bunch of new subscribers tonight. Thank you for the super chats as well. Um, just want to say we're thankful for all of you guys from the Nick and Matt show. We are beyond thankful. The show would not be, I'll say this for one, without Matt Graham, the show would be absolutely nothing. That man goes above and beyond for this show. It's insane. An hour before we were setting up my green screen and he takes time away from his family to be able to do this with us. I'm thankful for intern Ben and Evan joining onto the show. It's just made such an incredible atmosphere. But once again, we would not be doing this without the love and support from you guys, all the fans, all the just people. I don't even want to call you guys fans in a sense. It's more turned into a very, very fun family that we get to talk to and hang out with on Monday nights. So you guys are the best. We really appreciate it. Tell someone you love them this week. We'll catch you in the next one. Yeah, the chatters. We're thankful for you, Ben, Evan, Nick. You guys are awesome. Peace out, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. The Nick and Matt Show, a disc golf podcast designed for you, the disc golfer. Find the Nick and Matt Show on your favorite podcast platforms or join the conversation live on YouTube.